This is Movies, a podcast about the active cinema. With me today, of course, we have Hans. How you doing? Pretty good. How's it going? It's going. Do you put out both episodes we did on, on New Year's Eve? Only one publicly. There's another one that is okay. hidden on Patreon. Was this a setup to promote Patreon? Because if so, yeah. <laughs> very smooth, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, it was natural. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Lawrence if you want to know what our best watched movies in 2021 were. Obviously predating the year 2021. What was number four on your list for that? that ah, don't do that to me. You know, my memory doesn't work mm-hmm. ever. I don't know. I... I said it that day, and they left my brain already, so I can't, uh, uh, I don't know. I I couldn't even tell. That's fine. That's okay. Sign up to Patreon to find out. Anyway, we got Christopher Clemens. How do you spell your last name? How do you pronounce your last name? It's weird. It's very confusing. uh, Clessy is how you say it. Okay, Christopher Clessy. Everyone says Cleese like John Cleese, but uh, it's Clessy. (laughs) And you are the man behind Reflex Machine, which is a terrific uh, musical project. Yeah, exactly. I pretty much just do everything myself. Like, you know, drums, guitar, singing, all that stuff. You know, yeah. pretty much all me. <laughs> yeah, I, I discovered your music right around the time I think we were working on Comfort Systems. And uh, yeah. I was thoroughly impressed. You know, you had a very awesome. Thank you. small following around that time. And yeah. um, I, I was like, how is nobody aware of this dude? <laughs> this dude's so talented. This music's great. Oh, man, thank you. Um, you have some tracks that really reminded me of... Um, Reminded me of like Green Jelly, like playing Maximum Carnage on uh, Super Nintendo. Like it, it harkens back oh, to like wow, vintage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so you, I, I, for anybody cool. who's interested, let's just plug you right away so they can listen to your oh, music. Oh, thank you. So uh, awesome. where, where can people find your music? Um, so I'm on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, everything like that. Uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, Reflex Machine, uh, one word. Because there's like another Reflex Machine. It's two words. It's not me. I'm the one word guy. Awesome. So yeah, actually, I'm a fan of your show as well. I found you guys a couple of years ago, and I've been listening you know, ever since. Oh so, man, big fan well, thank of the you. show as well. Thank you, thank yeah, you. What, yeah. Do you know what was the first episode you discovered of this program? I think it was uh, first reformed. I'm pretty sure. Oh um, man, that's real early. early. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an OG yeah. fan. <laughs> Hans, you weren't Remember even that. And, I, thought oh, you, I think I even wasn't the. Nah, you weren't. That was me and Jake at that time. That? No. So you, yeah, you didn't yeah. come on as host for like another 15 episodes, I think. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was that, and uh, you were never really here. I remember mm-hmm. both of those movies. Yeah, that was uh, with that Jake Hanrahan, and that got taken off. That got taken off YouTube oh, sure, for really. bullying because we were talking a lot about <laughs> Epstein. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, oh I mean, wow, he remember had him? his. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really, <laughs> Jake Hanrahan had his um, QAnon podcast coming out or something, oh, and yeah. uh, he was promoting. That talking about Epstein a whole lot, and YouTube decided to flag the episode about middle of last year for bullying and hate speech or, or harassment, wow. and that was the end of that mm-hmm. publicly. So you, I mean, I don't even think you can find that on iTunes or Spotify anymore. You just gotta look around. You gotta dig around, find find yeah, the Gibson yeah. account, I guess. <laughs> um, so tonight we're gonna be talking about a movie that's not at all similar to You Were Never Really. Maybe even in that there's justice that is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. but um we're gonna be talking about robocop and robocop how about that a good old double <laughs> feature of robocop films arguably the two best robocop films maybe i don't know yeah. i haven't i haven't seen robocop 3 and i haven't seen prime directive the tv show i know there are a couple of tv movies oh, that shit. followed yeah i haven't yeah, seen yeah. those There's in a, a long cartoon time. Too. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. i grew up with the cartoon movie. yeah that, too. Yeah, that yeah. was my introduction to robocop which is kind of crazy yeah. if you think about it 
you have this R-rated action satire, and they're like, "Yeah, why don't we just turn that into a kids' film, a kids' show? Why not?" Saturday um, morning cartoon. Yeah, I remember um, watching the movie. Like, you know, my mom gave me the movie when I was younger, and obviously, I was like disturbed. I was pretty young when he gets like you know destroyed by the villains. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, it was not the cartoon I was used to. No, that's I, my favorite movie. One of the all-time most graphic I, movie scenes, yeah, too. Yeah, is, but, definitely. I grew up playing the NES games, which were horrible, really bad, and just very difficult. I just remember getting really frustrated and throwing my NES controller at the wall because <laughs> uh, they were they were really terrible. But yeah, the the wow, you're a regular violence, James Rolfe, huh? Right? Oh my God! Yeah, I was him before him. <laughs> I guess I don't I don't know. I didn't say as many uh, curse words when I was a child because I would get beaten. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> the violence in this, uh, because I just rewatched the uh, yeah. original one. I rewatched the, the Joel Kinnaman one yesterday. And I guess the biggest difference is the the violence is very graphic. And in yeah. Kinnaman is very PG-13, where you don't really see a lot of it. Uh, it. It sounds like a lot of things are happening, but it's not really on screen as much. Yeah. Even though they do... They do show some gore. Uh, mostly wh- whenever they show what's left of his body was pretty disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah his head just floating in the ether mm-hmm. and then his lungs. And stuff. His lungs, awesome. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's great. It's a bit of uh, Terry Schiavo mixed with, what, Futurama mm-hmm. mixed with a couple of other mm-hmm. things. Someone in an iron lung. Yes. Is that yeah. still a thing? I'm sure in some countries, yeah. Maybe in yours, I don't know. Not, not around here. <laughs> I don't think they're putting anybody in iron lung these days. <laughs> hey, who's your preferred RoboCop? Is it is it Peter Weller or is it Joel Kinnaman? Or is it one of the nameless guys from RoboCop? Actually, no. Peter Weller came back for RoboCop 2, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, bowed out for number I would say, three. I would say probably probably Weller. I think so. But um, I don't know. He's, he's a definitive in my mind. That's probably why. Yeah. I, was actually, I never saw the remake until recently, and I was kind of hesitant to watch it. Um, before, but I watched. I was I was like surprised. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. That was really cool. I think Peter Weller now has one of the all time best voices. If you ever go back to uh, also De- like when he did a guest spot on Dexter season five, which was not remotely close to that. It was like fifteen years ago at this point. Uh, hearing him and his voice, which has just been abused by alcohol and cigarettes over like twenty five years since RoboCop. Uh, and putting on a little bit of a southern drawl, one of the one of the all time great voices, and he was a perfect selection for the elder Batman for the Dark Knight Returns um, oh, yeah. adaptation. Which, oh wow, this movie, this first RoboCop movie, rips off Frank Miller so fucking much with the media aspect <laughs> and every, everything. So much so that I think he was brought in for the sequels. He wrote at least RoboCop two, yeah. um, and they didn't really go with most of his idea. He wound up doing a comic book adaptation of his original script, and the rest is history. So, um, did you guys have any real sentimentality for that original RoboCop film around the time that the remake came out in 2014? Because I did not. I I, I remember enjoying it when I was uh, younger. I didn't really even go back to it, I'm fairly certain. But I was excited that Michael Keaton was going to appear in a theatrical film, that it wasn't going to be Herbie fully loaded or some terrible fucking yeah. directed DVD mess because his career was in the gutter. A lot of people forget that. Uh, this was right yeah. before he became Academy Award nominee, Michael Keaton. So I was like, all right, he's going to play the villain in this. You got Gary Oldman. You got Samuel Jackson. This had a pretty stacked cast, and I was excited yeah, yeah. for it. 
yeah, both no, of them, uh, both of them have very. No, it's good. The, the, even the cast for the for the '80s one, like there's a lot of uh, recognizable faces yeah. that became, I guess, more famous on TV. Maybe uh, you got Ray Weiss, who's famous for you know that Kevin Smith show uh, where he plays the devil. Yeah, uh, that's I can't what remember the name of it. It's not that. It's not Leland Palmer, of course. No, it's yeah. Lucifer, right? Was that the show? No, it's called the uh, oh, fuck Kevin Smith produced it. And, uh, I know because you. Anyway. Brought the, I only know this show. <laughs> I, truthfully, I watched one episode of it because of that, but I hadn't yeah. thought of this show in fifteen, sixteen years. But you make a note to mention this every ten episodes or so. What is it called? It's called like Lucifer or something. It's something. It's something very no, devil no. hell, hell. The show, uh, the WB uh, presents hell. What is it? No, because he's the son of the devil, uh, and he's supposed to get souls for him, but then he rebels against his dad, and Ray Weiss is the devil. Uh, it's called the uh, Reaper. That's Reapers. what it is. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's what he's known for. And then you have Kurtwood Smith, who's the dad in that seventies show and mm-hmm. a bunch of other movies that no one remembers from the nineties. Also, uh, uh, Albert from Twin Peaks, too. Uh, Miguel Ferrara. That's right. Miguel Ferrara, yeah. Hold on. Aren't you excited yeah, for the That 70s Show reboot that's just going to focus on him and his wife? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. fucking 85 years old now. I thought that guy was dead. <laughs> I didn't even know they were doing that. Wow. Yeah. Is that your shit or my shit? We're just yelling at each other. <laughs> They're not sure who's got the diaper full. Uh, Overhoven, though. Uh, his career definitely blew up up after this that i don't know if because of this because i'm not very familiar with his life i've seen mo- most of his movies but um the director that's that directed the remake uh he's not doing as as well as paul verhoeven did. Paul verhoeven after that he did total recall he did basic instinct showgirls which is memorable maybe not the the greatest but at least memorable and then uh, starship troopers and hollow man like that little run there is pretty good <laughs> Uh, the director of the remake, um, he's Brazilian, and um, <laughs> and uh, he's not. I don't know. Doesn't really have uh, projects that you really. He's got a Zayn Malik video. That's that's pretty cool. That's um, and he's going to be directing something that I didn't even know was a thing. Uh, they're doing a Last Tango in Paris series. Series. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> But, but here it is. So it's from the point of uh, point of view of Maria Schneider or Schneider or whatever how do you pronounce her name, uh, because she felt like she was yipped in the production. Oh, hold hold on so a second. Wait, 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 wait. Is this about the behind the scenes of Last Tango yeah. in Paris? Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So, it's but it's going to be told from her point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she feels, you know, she feels that I didn't get paid enough, and people were making fun of me after that movie, blah blah. So she she was dumb by not getting enough money, I guess. And now we're gonna have a an entire series about how sorry we feel for her, I guess. Uh, and he's also going to be doing a Brando movie uh, that is also kind of related to the Last Tango in Paris thing. So uh, so they're doing a Last career, Tango in Paris really... real life shared universe. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's very yeah. like the, uh, what was it? BET did the Bobby Brown and uh, not New Kids on the Block. What was his band? Fuck. What was it? What was Bobby uh, Brown's band? Damn it. Uh, it's right on the, the tip. Fat they're, Boys? They're cla- yeah, no. No, that was not it. Uh, it was classic uh, 1980s pop. 
Um, new kids on, on the block. Oh, that <laughs> new was edition. the white version. New, new edition. edition. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. They did the new edition movie, and then they did the shared universe Bobby Brown biopic. So I'm waiting for Bobby meets That's... Whitney. Cap off the trilogy. Yeah. That'll be good. That's what this guy should do. This Brazilian guy. He should do another Bobby Brown film. Paul Verhoeven makes an effort to create a controversial film seemingly every five years. Back in 2016, mm. it was L, which was um, you know the controversial rape film, right? They didn't have that played in, yeah, she, in the U.S. because uh, the lead character is into the rape yeah. or something. And yeah, then, uh, I this saw year, it. It's, it, it's, it's not good. Not very good. No, yeah. it's, like, it's very much like... Uh, well, look at this unstable old lady who wants to get fucked again by a stranger for two hours. That's sex and in her the city. Just being like, her just being like, oh, I'm, I'm a victim. That was so horrible. But <laughs> I wouldn't say no again, you know, uh, that type of thing for like two, stretching to very Frenchy themed two hours. Who hasn't not, thought not my cup of tea. <laughs> taking another bite of the apple? That's what I always say. Right, Hans? Right. Well, he did Vendetta this this past year, and this is the new controversial film. I have a, an illegal copy of this on my computer. I got to tell you, I shut it off after about five minutes because I thought, oh, I got it's it. A new Vene, it's a new Vendetta or something? No, it's V for Vendetta. I think it's spelled. That's a very different movie. <laughs> it's closer to this movie, is Robocop. That, um, is no. that the one about the, the nun that has sex with yeah, another like nun or something? Nun movie, Here, right? here's, yeah, what, no. here's how it starts. Here's the first ten minutes. First of all, mm-hmm. it's all in French. And I'm trying to watch this on an Amtrak train. That's not great. So then, uh, you know, there's a scene with a little girl, and she's a lesbian or something. And then the Virgin Mary statue falls on her, and she's and it looks very fake because it's just like. And then uh, this little girl starts sucking on the Virgin Mary's breast, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" I shut my laptop right away. Like I had crime scene photos open or something. mortified i said no more of that i'm out so that's my review of bendetta if anyone was curious so yeah i was gonna check that out that's interesting uh, a little on the nose honestly a little oh yeah you don't say wow (laughs) it's it was i i was like he's he's back in 1978 when this would have actually done something to the culture this would have like blown things and people waxing poetic i mean look maybe the rest of the movie is fantastic I, you know, I've been in that situation where I dismiss a film right away and then I go back and watch it, you know, years later or something. It's like, wow, I should have just stuck it out. That was actually very good. So I don't know. Look, I, I can't really give a critical um, analysis of that film. What is uh, what, what would you say is uh, your favorite Paul Verhoeven movie? Because he does have quite a few memorable films here, aside from Robocop. Hans was reading off. Uh, some of them, but he has Basic Instinct, Showgirls, Starship Troopers is a big one that's frequently talked about, uh, Hollow Man, which is pretty overlooked, and then uh, all the rest. I like Total Recall a lot, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It matches Robocop aesthetically a lot, too. They look very similar with the effects and stuff. And I think the remake of that came out maybe a year before this Robocop remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one was not critically well received and did not perform well at the box office, if I recall. Um, yeah, I haven't checked you that out. You can't really make an Arnold movie without Arnold. You know, that, that character is not going to bring what Arnold used to bring in the 90s and 80s to that American character that was never 
that never sounded like anyone from America. Right. So it always had like that little quirk of like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to believe that he's from Ohio or something with yeah. that accent in that head. Uh, so when you do that but with a modern actor that doesn't have the physicality and say personality or the Arnoldist. Well, they tried to him, fill in the blank with, with Colin Farrell, who couldn't be less like yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a small, skinny, yeah. brooding guy. Which, I mean, look, if you're trying to do something completely different, maybe. But just what people have in their minds about Total Recall and the whole premise of the film, you need a guy like that. And he was not yeah. the guy for the film. It's Arnold reacting to space things. That's what that movie is. And right. you can't get that makes that great. Colin Farrell. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Robocop, the remake, tries to do something completely different than... Uh, many other remakes uh, it, it tries to do i mean in retrospect because i i rewatched this uh, last year robocop 2014 and uh i thought it mostly still held up i had a pretty good opinion of it when i was leaving the theater considering i had low expectations and it feels like all right well we're going to do our christopher nolan dark knight style version yeah. of this but there's much more i think personality in this film than in any of those dark knight movies because he plays it pretty straightforward there's not a whole lot of like good comedy or playfulness in in nolan's uh, dark knight films he's very concentrated on the story and the mechanics of what you're watching so if a character is naturally going to be full of charisma like the joker or or uh, batman or you have tom hardy's bane which could be a blank canvas for any actor um then it's going to work but otherwise, uh, you watch any of those newscasters, those cops, they just give the most hor- like bland, terrible personality-less delivery, period. Uh, the, the go-to one is what? No more dead cops. People love citing yeah. no more dead cops <laughs> in Dark Knight. Um, yeah. In this movie, I feel like everyone is making great use of their characters, whether they're big or small. I, I think they did a really good job at uh, using modern technology, or at least make it look like it's in the future. Uh, that's one of the, the biggest contrasts between these two movies that uh, I don't think they did such a great job with the RoboCop one because all they did is just make the screen blurry and put green text on the screen, and now he's futuristic. You know, With this one, you have that really cool studio that Samuel Jackson is in, with those gigantic screen and things moving and how they see you know, that, that little bit when they show the classic uh, suit that I think they call it uh, armor or something edition. And they're like, oh, no, that looks silly. When they show like the original yeah. on on like a transparent screen again. So that I, I really enjoy that. I, I really like all the, the technology they use. And it still looks all right, which you can't really tell about a lot of movies that came out around that time uh, with the CGI. Uh, I like Joel Kinnaman. Uh, I, I've always liked him. I think he's, he's always... He always looks like at least a decent performance to to even things like the first Suicide Squad or his kind of like uh, the the generic uh, soldier type of thing. But he he always brings something to it, and I feel he was very good in this. But if you're going to compare both of them, uh, I, I think Peter Weller—that's his name, right? Yep. Peter Weller's performance is because he looks so grotesque. Uh, once he takes the the helmet off and it, it doesn't look very slick, uh, I I think he's a better uh, guy that almost died 
and now is a machine than uh, Joel Kinnaman, who was pretty much just smooth with the, with the suit the whole time. Like that was a big difference between the two. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't understand why this movie was so panned by everyone. Because as an action movie, if you if you don't have any connection to Robocop, let's say you are not even familiar with that series or know that that movie existed before, it works really well as an action like PG thirteen movie. Like it does everything that you need one of those movies to do. So I enjoyed myself uh, watching it. <clears throat> yeah, I, w- I was really surprised. Honestly, I I didn't expect it to be that good. I liked um I liked how they made everything international. I thought that was really cool. Like having overseas terrorist stuff. Mm. Like even the opening scene was crazy. Just like you know suicide bomber i was like damn i did not expect like that weight from the remake at all like really i was like damn yeah i like that yeah five of them i think explode or something just throw themselves yeah uh the the director who was originally attached to this movie for a number of years was darren aronofsky so we were this close away from seeing what his version would have been like and he had hugh laurie (laughs) naked yeah, probably. <laughs> just a naked Robocop, just a sexy, mm. sexy suit. <laughs> uh, Hugh Laurie was supposed to play the Michael Keaton bad guy role in this film. And mm. uh, I mean, what has happened with, I mean, Hans, you're you're kind of a UK citizen. You're kind of English, right? What happened to Hugh Laurie? Right. He disappeared. Uh, he did too many seasons of House and probably made a lot of money. And now why would he continue acting? his house now like no one can see him as anything other than house from now on because he was like what 20 seasons in that show so i can't imagine that anyone thinks hey let's let's get you know that guy before he was house have you seen the 20 british movies he did where he was a comedian little one and two he played the father (laughs) yeah there you go (laughs) maybe they revive Stuart little he'll be grandpa or something uh but yeah he was known in the uk as like a comic like a comedic actor so I, I, where do you go after House when your career is that? You know, you wait for the twenty-year reboot of House, which is due any day now. I'm sure yeah. that'll come out on Disney Plus because that's that's who owns Fox now, right? So you'll get, I think you'll get that. He's turning sixty or something. He'll have white hair. He'll have a protege or something. It'll work out it's great. Done. A female protege. Yeah. Yes. No. It's House Junior MD. <laughs> yeah. No, That's no. Terrible. They just look. They just rebooted Doogie Hauser on Disney Plus. They will reboot House if they have it. So anyway, we're not talking about House on this show. We're talking about <laughs> RoboCop. Now, do you guys have a preference between the theatrical cut of RoboCop and the director's cut? If you have seen the two two versions of the film, I like the director's cut a lot. It's like it's only I think it's only an extra two minutes or so, but mm-hmm. um. I like the graphic violence, honestly. It's like it, it, it's a little more shocking. It's kind of it's more fun too. Little like you know prosthetics exploding. I like that. Yeah. Uh, what is, is that the, the only? I, I was going to ask. Sure which one is I that the watch. only significant so. difference between the two? Is uh, cutting back on violence to get that all? I think rated? it was to avoid the X rating type thing. I think yeah. that's why they did that. But um, there's like the end um, when um Clarence dies. Like there's a close up of his like blood shooting out of his throat and stuff. And uh, in the theatrical, it's like a wide shot; you can barely see it. Stuff like that. Hmm. Even um, when um, you know Murphy gets shot in the beginning, there's like extra you know things, extra close ups and shots like that. Uh, have you guys uh, ever seen trash guy that's melting too? That was oh cool. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah toxic waste, and he just yeah, yeah. <laughs> rams through it. Uh, have you guys ever seen the the uh, unofficial 
technically, I think it's under satire mm-hmm. remake. Our yeah. RoboCop remake. I thought you were drinking we milk, did. Christopher. Yeah, I got a yeah. gallon of milk. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Was that, is that the one where he just shoots people in the dick? That's right? the is best segment. That's the, that's the only reason to watch that, is that segment of the film. So they did something that somebody did with Shrek recently, which is um, you distribute different parts of the movie. You break it down to like 30 sequences or something and send that out to different filmmakers. And then they shot this over a year or something. I think this came out the same year as the actual RoboCop remake. They were trying to time it up, and it came out in January or so. Hans, do you want to pull up like a trailer to this or, or something so we can take a look and our listeners can... Should I just can... pull out the scene? Because yeah, I just yeah, found the scene. Okay. okay. Have at it. This is the best... And it ranges from extremely amateur and cringe to very well executed and looking like the actual RoboCop movie. It's a, it's an interesting project, but I don't know if it's like really worth anyone's time as a viewing experience. Here we go. This is on Vimeo.com. You're doing a fake DVD menu. That's so cool. Oh, Wyndham Refn did something? No, not. No? (laughs) Oh, gullible boy. There it is. Yeah, there's the green text. Very futuristic. Well, he also has a very street trash feeling to it, too. It definitely. Remember is. that yeah. scene? Yes. Hey, hey, there's more hair down there. <laughs> Jesus, how big is that bush? It's very far. <laughs> Because they're YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, Jesus. That was a little more graphic. This is a Verhoeven cut. Yeah. This is actually just a clip from L. Yeah. yeah takes her out. Oh, my God. That's too big for that Asian guy. That's for real. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen this in the <laughs> Yeah, this is like gonna be with three minutes so you're not gonna be able to show <laughs> just blur yeah. the whole thing. Yep. So to uh, explain it for uh, anyone that's listening to this and not watching probably gonna be everyone uh what 20 30 rapists showed up to 
uh, raped with, with penises, penises out. out. They were very prepared. And, they had their dicks out. Yeah. And Robocop is just shooting everyone in the penis uh, <laughs> to save three women. Four <laughs> more <laughs> 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 oh Jesus! That look looks good too. It does Fuck. look good. It looks too good. It's pretty impressive, honestly. Their prop I department had to make like forty dicks shot. that day. I will notify a rape crisis center. Can't get in because the suit's too clunky. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So that's a, yeah, how wow. RoboCop remake it's, it's called. I might have enjoyed that more than the actual remake of RoboCop. That, that was fucking awesome. Now that we're going back to it. Um, so uh, you go go by Chris or Christopher? Which uh, one is Chris. appropriate? No, All right, definitely definitely Chris. Yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. Chris, uh, you picked the original RoboCop film. Yeah. And this is something we haven't done in a while, which is let the guests pick the movie because we've done that a number of times yeah. and it has not worked out so great. Pick Annihilation. Well, what if I don't have a whole lot to say about Annihilation? Yeah, Damn, yeah. we've got 90 minutes to go on Annihilation. What is, I mean, what, what was it about RoboCop that you thought would be uh, great to dig into and dissect? Or are you just like a big fan of that original film? I'm a fan of the film. I, I don't know. It's just the aesthetics, really everything about it. Um, mm-hmm. I've always liked. I mean, I like science fiction in general, so um, something like that is cool. Watching it again, um, I like the commentary, obviously, like you know, the uh, political commentary. But I, it was funny watching it now. It's like stuff that was in the movie is happening now. All the again, police strikes and stuff, and like forest fires and stuff. I was like, damn, that's really funny. I really yeah. like that, and also the acting too. I love. I think the acting is really great. All the little side characters um, are really entertaining. It's just like the whole movie is constant entertainment, pretty much. Uh, as far as like the political commentary goes, I felt that yeah. way about the original and the remake. I was like, "Wow, this yeah, feels yeah, yeah. very current. This is really on the ball for today." So, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. both of them. Uh, also, best part of the original RoboCop was what, what, what does he say? I'd buy that for a dollar. That, yeah, yeah, that yeah, guy yeah. rules. I, I yeah, could watch the awesome. entire movie. That guy. I love the news segments that cut it up. It's great. It's mm-hmm. really awesome. That that board game called like Nukem, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The they sneak in. I also think it's funny. Um, it takes place in Michigan, obviously, and that was like right when the audio industry was failing. So like you have that whole six thousand SUX, like you know, going throughout the movie, that shitty car that keeps showing. So that's definitely you know an obvious yeah. comment on that as well. Are you a fan of his uh, Paul Verhoeven science fiction in general? Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, I like Starship Troopers. I like Total Recall a lot. I think Total Recall is really a companion piece to me to RoboCop. It's like they look very similar. Um, they feel similar, even though it's like a, it's like 1990 that came out. It kind of looks like the 80s a little bit still. Oh yeah, so, uh, like, yeah. Those are a good double feature. I feel like the prosthetics in uh, Total Recall are terrific. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some really fun visuals in that movie, um, and also learning some of the behind the scenes on how they did certain things, like the X-ray machine and all mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's a very clever process. Uh, Hans, I've never heard you bring up Starship Troopers on this. this. That is a go-to movie. If you watch any YouTube nerds' videos, they will eventually get around to waxing poetic about Starship Troopers. They all love Starship Troopers. Why haven't you brought up Starship Troopers, Hans? 
I think I saw it once uh, 15, 10 years ago, and I, I just haven't. I don't know. I don't like how I'm being lumped into that group of, of, of nerds <laughs> that are going to eventually wax poetically about a movie where they've killed, what is it, ants, right? Something like that, like yeah, Jane that's, Ants, Jane yeah, Morris that's the Ants. Movie. They just step yeah. on ants for 92 minutes. And, and, and you have uh, James Vanderbeek as the hero, right? Jay Moore. Yeah, no, yeah. right. Something like that. Who's <laughs> someone uh, that kind of looks like that? I don't know, yeah. big head. I just remember it was a big head. Who's uh, you know who you know who's in that movie is Neil Patrick Harris, who is in yeah. The Matrix Four, which is like oh his God, yeah. biggest commercial role in a while. Have you guys watched the, the movie? Are you going to bring up? Yeah, that was offensive. Yeah, that was. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> I did not like it at all. <laughs> did you guys get that when he's wearing the blue glasses that shine is because he's keeping him with the like the blue pill and oh, the. That was wow! Uh, I saw that and I was like, "Holy shit! Ah, this is so clever! I mean, Too clever name, for me." The guy's name was Chad. I couldn't even get over that. Like, yeah. The, oh yeah, yeah. He's like a <laughs> husband or whatever. Uh, that was yeah, crazy. no guys, but we, we're supposed to understand that that was on purpose. You know, it well, was that, bad that, on pur- that's purpose. Guys. The running defense right now of this movie, which is that it's supposed to be a fuck you to Warner Brothers, which maybe, maybe I don't know. Look, I, I, I mean. The whole look. Have, have you guys ever dug into the Wachowski story that occurred in the early aughts about how the brother, or at least one brother, became a sister? What? There's a very, <laughs> there's a very interesting tale I found on a message board that Jake Hanrahan, oh, oh we, yeah, we were talking about before, <laughs> sent me Christmas Eve night. He was like, "Bro, have you seen this?" I was like, "What are you talking about? What is this?" And the story is. So Larry Wachowski, um, at the time, now Lana Wachowski, the director of Matrix 4, um, was a big club goer out in L.A. right after that first Matrix movie and was getting to know everybody, meeting tons of girls. Can we just pull up a picture of Larry Wachowski? He has a Jeff Burke-style look to him, this Larry Wachowski. That's not anybody you would know, Chris, but that's an or of really anybody listening to this show, hopefully. Maybe one person. Um, He's an author that we don't have a good good uh, rapport with. Well, no, no, no. That's that's on hormones still. That's kind of late in the game. You want Hold on. There you go on the far left. Boom. That this... is Larry Wachowski. No, that's that's a substitute teacher. You go to this one. <laughs> this... Here. Yes. There you go. Or this one. Or that one. There there it is. <clears throat> is that the other brother? Yeah, he's got a very Troy Duffy look to him. See, this yeah. is why I, I don't believe he's legit trans. I think he did it for the campaign, for the marketing. So we we can say we're sisters. The guy on the left, I believe, hundred um, percent. So here here's what the the deal is. Um, Lana Wachowski here would go out to clubs. Obviously, as Larry Wachowski at the time met you guys familiar with Buck Angel. Hans, why don't we oh. just pull up a quick picture of Buck Angel? Oh, Make sure safe. I, I mean, not that it matters yeah, at yeah, this yeah, point, yeah. <laughs> but Buck Angel's a pornographic actor and um, a very convincing female to male uh, trans pornographic actor. There you go. So, yeah, he's got uh, a vagina. Oh, a picture yeah. of a vagina down there that's a vagina. That's, Back in the day, nice. this was like mind blowing for anybody. If you, if you told one of your friends, hey, Google Buck Angel, because uh, nobody Google saw Kyle Kinane. It's just like Kyle <laughs> Kinane. 
<laughs> I just wanted to just Kyle Kinane. Oh my just God. in good shape. Uh, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your your Buck Angel. If Kyle Kinane had higher testosterone, it would be Buck Angel. <laughs> yeah. So Buck Angel is uh, female to male post op. Uh, yeah, I believe post op uh, trans pornographic actor and had a girlfriend who was a dominatrix. Now this dominatrix met Larry Wachowski, oh, yeah. became friends with him and said, you know what? I'll be your dominatrix. I'll, I'll, I'll boss you around. I'll give you some rules to follow. And then the next time they met up, she was like, the next time you see me, I want you to wear a dress. You're going to come out to this club in a dress. And Larry was like, okay, I'll wear the dress. And she kept doing that over and over and over. And then eventually just was like, I, I'm kind of just comfortable this way. I'm going to stay like this. And uh, that started around the sequels. They were I remember wow. these were old message board comments from like 2003, 2004, whenever it was. And they were like, yeah, I'm kind of worried this whole thing is going to affect, affect the Matrix sequels. I don't know. And... I guess if you fast forward now, 21 years or however long it's been, it's kind of, it kind of did, I guess. Uh, well, you got the club theme, right? You got the white yeah. twins with dreadlocks. That's a, mm. a kind of a, hey, this is me, I guess. <laughs> sure. That, um, yeah, that uh, that defense of the new one, uh, where people say that, you know, it's, it's bad on purpose. It's a fuck you to Warner Brothers. It feels more like a fuck you to people that care about the franchise you know because if you wait what is 20 years right and you're excited because you know we're going to continue this trilogy that i love so much i guess and then you get this it's kind of like oh well just don't do it like what is the i don't know it reminded me like a bad twin peaks return almost like the, the way they integrated the old footage and stuff there's even one scene where they're like in like a theater kind of thing and like they're showing clips of it and like what is i don't know yeah it, it yeah, also yeah. It, it like it, it aesthetically yeah. looks bad like yeah the first matrix movie has the whole look and stuff but this had nothing like it at all and then when they actually go into like the real world like out of the matrix like there's some fucking like robot creature that they were like flying around i forget its name but i, I don't know that blew my mind i couldn't believe what i was watching hey, the eagle so hawk thing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's an interesting comparison to, to hold it next to Twin Peaks to Return. It's like the bad yeah. version because you're right. Yeah. There's footage in that Twin Peaks to Return, which is like so clearly. I mean, first of all, though, the Twin Peaks to Return special effects all feel like they were handmade by David Lynch. Yeah. Like David Lynch was also <laughs> doing like Photoshop transparent yeah, layers yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah. To, you know, it, it's so, uh, yeah. you know, cheesy, but it fits. It, it, it feels sense, authentic. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I remember seeing footage of, like, Laura Palmer in the woods or something. You have, like, yeah. crystal clear Coop, who's 55 yeah. years old or something. And, you know, he's seeing her. And, it, like, it's very clear what what, what they're doing. Or um, yeah. if they're showing Leland Palmer or, Bo- no, Bob. Because, obviously, Bob's been di- – the guy who played Bob died, like, he 30 died, years yeah. ago. Um, like AIDS or something. <laughs> yeah, he got AIDS in the 90s. He was one of the last ones to die of AIDS. Very unfortunate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you see that. And um, – Twin Peaks, I feel like, is something that definitely shouldn't have worked. It's, and yet, I think it's probably the best thing Lynch did in his career, maybe. Twin Peaks yeah. Return. And then you take a look at this, and it feels like The Matrix should have been a slam dunk to come yeah. back. It's so You could run with any number of ideas, and it would have like been very fluid to the time we're in and could have easily soared. But they 
they, I mean, well, it's not they. The one Wachowski said, fuck that. I'm not doing this movie. This is a horrible idea. Uh, we're splitting up. 2021 was really the year that all the brother duos broke apart. Coen Brothers broke up. Yeah. Benny Safdie's going and acting now and not really concentrating on directing, which is why they haven't had film out in a while. And then you had the Wachowskis. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how to really... I don't have the sentimentality for that original Matrix, so I, I wasn't know. too offended by it. But yeah, it seemed like it was a mess, and it had too many ideas going at once. It didn't really know how it wanted to identify itself, whether it was like we're making fun of the culture we're in or we're going to maybe try to say something profound about it or you know, maybe none of this matters or maybe it does matter. We don't even know. We're just making it up as we go along. I... I... I don't know if it has too many ideas or if it has one idea, which is, hey, remember that movie that we made? Uh, It was all fake, but it wasn't, but it is, but it's not, but it is, but it's not. And then it it is? No, it's not. They're flying. You know, like the whole thing, the whole going back to, hey, remember this scene? Now we have the same scene, but with different people, eh? And we're going to show you the scene on... on, uh, uh, memories that they remember, and we're literally going to show you the, the old scenes so that you can compare to what you're watching on screen. And then the whole video game thing was kind of like re- 20 years. And your explanation was that now Neo is a That's video true. game maker, that The Matrix was a video game. And I don't know. I, uh, I, it felt like a like a complete waste of everything, uh, mm. uh, especially because the budget was what, like 200 million, I think, or something like that. And it looks and how much did it like make? A, it made like, a startling, uh, uh, startlingly low amount of money uh, at the box office, which I think. Oh well, is... it's it's made four twenty seven, but I'm assuming that's with uh, uh, foreign, right? Probably. Yeah, domestic. Domestic, it did thirty two million, and then uh, worldwide one hundred and six. Because they don't apparently. have HBO Max, that, that's probably why. Um, and also, HBO Max is, I believe, discontinuing their same day as theater trend that yeah. they have done the past year, which is unfortunate because I felt like, I mean, I watched half of those HBO Max movies that I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. And I definitely wouldn't have paid to see them in the theater. I, I would not have went to go see the Matrix in the theater, the Little Things. Um, what was it, Birds of Prey? Wonder Woman. Oh, no, Wonder King Woman. King Kong they did too. King yeah. Kong, Godzilla one. Yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, that's right. an, that's yeah, another Godzilla, one. Yeah. Um, I mean, their, their hit rate was probably like 30% out of... Uh, know out of the the grand sum of it but um i I don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of i'm not over theaters necessarily but i don't think a lot of these movies coming out warrant a theatrical run yeah it doesn't feel like they're making yeah it doesn't feel like they're making movies for theaters movies for theaters anymore because everyone knows that you're gonna see it at home so the effort to make something as huge as (laughs) transformers you know which why watch it and not a theater because you know all the loudness all the visual stuff like at home fine but it's not going to be the same experience it doesn't feel like they make those movies anymore for that reason and uh are people even interested in those type of movies anymore i think that this last two years everyone's just well now well, i have a big tv interesting... and a great sound system at home and i can take a shit and pause and then come back and you know like the convenience of that i think has taken over uh just going to a theater and deal with loud people or you know smells <laughs> well the, the the film medium is kind of growing less relevant and i think the news that came out today the day we're recording this episode 
that the Golden Globes will not be streamed and will not be broadcast on any network. And if you want to find out who wins the Golden Globes this year, you got to go visit their Twitter feed or their website. Is the first real sign that this is like kind of done, or at least in its current form, is kind of done. Um, I think the they're Oscars not going to broadcast are, anything. No, no. Yeah. It's going to be a private ceremony. And That's as a matter funny. of fact, I know for a fact because I've had uh, an inside scoop on a couple of different things. We talked about the inside scoop I had on Clerks Three, the original Clerks Three. I don't know if you're a Kevin Smith fan at all, Chris, uh, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not. I don't know. I mean, I've enjoyed his older movies, but yeah. Yeah, what he's become is, is hard to tolerate. You know, man, I uh, I listened to a podcast of his today, and it was literally just silent. Like he had to go put his dog down. Which, look, I'm sorry about that, but don't do a podcast. And if you're just gonna be... <laughs> started crying, I'm sure the whole thing. That's it. It was just. Yeah, it's like it's so like when Superdog died in the comic book. <laughs> 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 It was, uh, it was sniffles for 15 minutes, silence, uh, nothing to say, just... sniffles. Anyway, um, yeah, so the, the original Clerks 3 was going to be a disaster. I don't know about this new one, but um, the, the inside scoop of mine said that they were considering broadcasting the Oscars on Twitch, but they weren't going to do it. They weren't going to do it last year. They weren't going to do it this year. This was, I think, right after 2019, which was a pretty good year for the Oscars, and uh, movies in general, but there's not an audience there for it anymore. And people don't feel any of like attachment or I, I think even fewer people feel like there's anything significant about movies winning awards the same way. Sundance just said they were going to take their, their whole festival online this year, which they did, I think wow. last year as well. And it just means nothing. Like so many movies get lost that way. They premiere on Amazon prime or whatever. And then nobody, remembers them again so i i don't know i think the whole system is gonna i mean it is buckling right now but it's gonna yeah. change rapidly in the blink of an eye pretty soon i think Definitely. i i support that uh when it comes to award shows they feel they're worthless and i feel like they're not a real representation of what good movies are like a lot of the time you hear that People that even pick these movies don't even watch them. And it's just like, all right, so does it feel the quota of what we want for a movie? Cool, that's it. That's that's the one. So really at the end, yeah, so at the end of the day, it's worthless. Like, no, you're not going to convince me that Nomadland was the best movie of that year. Or, you know, uh, what was the the one with the uh, journalists about the oh, priest rates? Spotlight. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's that's when I was like, wow, like it's over. Like you know, once that one, I was, I, I it was even like a, it didn't feel like a movie. I don't even know what. Yeah, that was. It was very. It felt like a like like so a Hallmark weird. show, like just yeah, no right. style, no nothing, just like what the fuck is this? Uh, and then the they, they managed to make. Who who did that uh, film? I don't even believe they got an Oscar nomination know, yeah. or or anything like that. Um, that one, just because it had a good enough cast, it was about it was like a message film about the yeah. Catholic Church. Uh, I was happy for Michael Keaton winning back-to-back Best Picture picks yeah, that year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was a horrible movie. That was definitely the worst movie that won Best Picture in that decade. Yeah. Uh, Tom McCarthy? Tom McCarthy. So he probably did uh, Les Miserables, I think. Tom McCarthy. No, he he did The <laughs> the Cobbler. Uh, oh, you know that Adam Sandler movie? Adam Sandler, uh, he did are that. Are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah, he did... Uh, 
a movie called Win Win with uh, Paul Giamatti about uh, high school wrestling. Mm -hmm. uh, he did a movie called The Visitor, uh, the Richard Jenkins movie in uh, 2007. And uh, The Station Agent, which is actually not terrible with a little man from uh, from Game of Thrones, uh, Dinklage. Dinklage. It's about this uh, little man that moves to New Jersey and uh, he meets like a hot dog vendor and is kind of romantic and cute i guess wow that one's touch the heartstrings like, Hans? yeah i have a thing for for little people being properly represented no shut up <laughs> no. i don't know Hans, you were talking about how you watch little people big world once upon a time how the star of that show looked like yeah. richard gear i think you said yeah he did compliment little, Richard, <laughs> little, little richard little richard gear uh this guy also directed two episodes of uh 13 reasons why uh, right after Spotlight, um, and uh, that's where his career is now. A lot of people like to point um, to Green Book as, wow, the Oscars are, are over. The Oscars are so pointless. But that that was a kind of a hilarious win because one of the Farrelly brothers yeah, directed yeah, yeah. that film. And I had no idea until they called up – they did Green Book, Best Picture. And I thought that was hilarious because I knew it was going to piss Twitter off. But then when he walked up on the stage – my God, that was a great one-two punch. The fuck, the director of Me, Myself, and Irene, and Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> and The Three Stooges, and what was it? Not Fat Albert, Shallow Hal. Wow, yeah. this guy just claimed the Best Picture winner. Unbelievable. Another brother combo separating as well. That's right. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Farley brothers are done. How <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> That movie Hall Pass recently, I think they did that too, actually. They did. Yeah. That was a low point for their career. They were working yeah, with, yeah. Uh, who was it, Owen Wilson when he was Owen down Wilson. on his luck. Yeah. And uh, who's the Ted other Lasso, guy? what's his like, name? Yeah, Ted Lasso, yeah. Oh, Jason yeah. Sudeikis, and they threw yeah. in Stephen yeah, yeah. Merchant. Which, Stephen Merchant, yeah, yeah. If you hear, hey, Hans, pull up, the, uh, pull up the poster to Hall Pass and then pull up the UK poster to Hall Pass real quick. It's, it's kind of, uh, you know, you ever see the Chinese Star Wars poster? Yeah, 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 where they shrink John Boyega to the, like the size of a peanut on the Chinese one, so you don't see. Oh it. yeah, yeah. So no one see there's a black person on the movie. Right. Um, so that's the Hall Pass poster, and then oh, there you oh, go. Shit, There's yeah, hey, yeah. what's the UK one? Oh, who, who's this? <laughs> who's that guy? <laughs> the guy from The Office. You it's know him. Graphic. There it is. Oh man. Someone pointed it out before us. And he doesn't even look like he's actually, like he even took that photo. That's like an artist composite of him that they just. Yeah, they all look up. like that. That's terrible. Just uh, oh. like they West need the posterized filter in Photoshop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah he almost yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. animated or something. Right. This is a Pixar film? <laughs> Hall Pass? What compelled you to um, watch oh, Hall sorry. Pass, Chris? Why, why are you watching this movie in 2022? I don't know. Every once in a while, I kind of just watch my movies. This. I, I mean, it, I've, seen, I've it, seen the cobbler. I'm not gonna lie. Oh. <laughs> was that a dramatic turn for for Adam Sandler? Or was that supposed yeah. to be another comedy? Yeah, with like a shoe, was shoe was, store it was worker. Kind of like or... half serious. Yeah, the ending is uh, revealed. There's this whole cobbler network underground. It's like some crazy, like like fantastical element. It's pretty crazy, honestly. It's worth watching the ending. Uh, Dustin Hoffman pops up out of nowhere. It's like you've always been a cobbler. Was that one of those Netflix Adam Sandler movies? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah no. Hall Pass I've seen, and uh, in 2011, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> not wow. probably not going to see it anytime soon. No, no, but no I do just not. Went, you don't have to go rush them all. Like, oh, <laughs> hey, hey, farts. Yeah. Ah, 
you know, that type of movie <laughs> that mm-hmm. don't, doesn't exist anymore. That is That's completely right. dead. Yeah. Look, yeah. I showed up to the theater to go see Dumb and Dumber 2 two years later. So oh, that's yeah. probably as bad, if not worse. That was a pretty cringe uh, going. Who was in that? There's just two guys that were in other things, but not really. What was it? Like Matthew Lillard or something? No, 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 no. Not Dumb and Dumber-er, which... <laughs> I'll say had one scene in it that made me laugh. Uh, also, Shia LaBeouf was in that movie and Bob oh, Saget. So you mean the one where they're old? No, no, yeah, yeah, no. I went to go see oh. the actual Dumb and Dumber Two, which is yes, no. when they're old. Okay. And they look really what do you horrible. Think? Was that good? What do you think? <laughs> I guess it's the you know kill that franchise that was already dead. I guess I was twenty two. I was like, yeah, I love Dumb and Dumber the original, and I walked out of there being like, yeah, that wasn't as good, but maybe it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and now, as a thirty, almost thirty two year old man, I can tell you that was a horrible, horrible movie. So, uh, what did they direct after? What was what? All right, what was the tipping point for the Farrelly brothers where they split up and he did Green uh, Green Book? I mean, I guess Hall Pass. I mean, that might have been I, it. I don't, yeah, might have been I it. Was it. Hall Pass the last straw? <laughs> Let me check. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, well, they were still together with that one. Uh, then after Hall Pass, let me see. Um, got the Three Stooges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got... Uh, was the, Three Stooges which, in... Two, that, what one was, did that come after Dumb and Dumber 2 and Hall Pass? Cool. 2012, Dumb and Number 2 came in 2014. Uh, they did a couple of sketches for movie 40, 43. This is another stinky yeah. bomb. Uh, then after that, so Green it was Dumb Book. and Dumber 2. Green Book was yeah. 2016, I believe. 2018. 2018, okay. Yeah. Um, but Dumb and Dumber 2 did okay at the box office. Maybe they just hated themselves after that. One of them was like, ah, I got to go do something real. I got to go make a serious yeah. film. I got to go win my Oscar. Got to win an Oscar, exactly. Um, you know who didn't win any Oscars is RoboCop. Yeah. No Oscars. <laughs> so. Um, wait, wait, hold is, on. So, yeah. go, looking into the other Firely brother, uh, P, Bobby. Um, after Dumb and Dumber 2, uh, he directed four episodes of the Trailer Park Boys, uh, did a series called Louder Milk, starring Ron Livingston from Office Space, mm. uh, about a guy that's an alcoholic, and he's that that's guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, when this is 2021, he's in a miniseries with Dave Franco called The Now. Uh, Franco Brothers also broken up. There we go. That's yeah. another classic duo. I haven't seen Dave Franco make any statements or anything That's about James. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Didn't see uh, Seth Rogen being creepy. Oh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. is in this series too. The now. So that's what the, that's what uh, Bobby is doing. Uh, uh, TV series for uh, Roku. Uh, his brother's winning Oscars, and uh, <laughs> the other one is. Doing a second second Franco brother series with uh, uh, Ice Cube's son for Roku. Oh, that's unfortunate. A yeah. Roku original. You know, I probably saw the trailer to that too. You said O'Shea Jackson, uh, Dave Franco. Who's the third guy that was in that show? There's another famous person. It's like Paul Giamatti or somebody, right? On this one, the now? Uh, no, uh, 
Bill Murray's in it. Oh, Bill Murray. Dar- it's the same guy. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. Well, who cares? Yep. Who gives a shit? Why are you talking about this show on RoboCop? <laughs> <laughs> Does this have any relevance? Oh, apparently uh, Bobby just finished uh, a movie called Champions starring Woody Harrelson and Chich Marin about a basketball team training and competing in the Special Olympics. Kingpin's a good movie. Kingpin. That's yeah. Like Bill Murray. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. Special. That's... Something about Mary also is good. Like yeah, they don't look. They're not bad. They're not bad, yeah. especially compared to any remotely uh, comedy bending director. Now, um, you take a look at any of their work from '94 to 2001, at least. I think me myself and Irene is a cutoff point. There's some very funny jokes yeah. in that. Um, yeah, you got Oswald awesome Jones after. right after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure. oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, what would the Farrelly Brothers RoboCop movie look like, Hans? Ah, uh, very funny. He would have a brother or a sidekick uh, that he would fist bump with all the time. Oh, hey, remember Stuck things. on You? Yeah, maybe that's RoboCop would be a conjoined twin. That's right. Siamese yeah, it would look like what we watched before. It would be a lot of penises, you know, something right. like that. You, know. you could do, jokes. how about this? Yeah. You do RoboCop 2, and it's Peter Weller and Joel Kinnaman can join yeah. twins yes one is a lot older than the other yeah the, the, the joke is that he's he's rusty so he's like how about some calm and he just rubs calm <laughs> on it instead of oil yeah that's uh that's a fairly that's your fairly <laughs> <robot movie. laughs> it's a classic joke how about some calm oh man I love <laughs> yeah you could you could do that and um yeah who would be the bad guy in that hans what is peter green up to up to these days you know the original bad guy oh wait no that was the mask shit i was thinking charles rocket but he's dead he cut his own throat in a cornfield charles rocket absolute madman you get matt dillon yeah like exactly. from uh me myself no what is it uh something uh, mary and we're uh, retards yeah hey do you guys <laughs> do you guys remember fever pitch that was another winner from them oh my God. Jimmy oh, Fallon wow. Jimmy and Drew Barrymore film career. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember them filming that in Boston, and <laughs> they had one ending in mind, and then the Red Sox won, and they had to change the ending. That's what I recall from that. So, because they won the yeah. World Series the year they were filming. Yeah, and it was, yeah. Aren't it was, those uh, Drew Barrymore movies from the nineties all shit? <laughs> I just watched. You know what I watched recently is The Wedding Singer, yeah. and Drew Barrymore's okay. gimmick in every film she's in is yeah i'm 36 years old but i'm still kind of like a 12 year old girl yeah. that's her thing it's just i'm no smarter than a 12 year old girl yeah that's interesting yeah that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm cute <laughs> hey remember when i was cute i'm still cute right guys that's that's her career yeah every movie yeah. that i've seen yeah. with her in it it's like either that or yeah just that mom i guess she plays now but yeah not not a one of those darlings from the nineties that I don't from understand. the eighties. She was a little kid in the eighties. She was she was most popular e. in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, she was an at oh, et right. firestarter. Yeah, um, firestarter. Yeah. And then you know the drugs got a hold of her. Or something. She was doing think, like blow when she was twelve or something. Yeah, I, think. I remember. Yeah. It no. was it was a very bad. St- I, I you know I think no. she might have <laughs> came up in uh, choreography, the Corey Feldman biography. Oh shit! And they like wow. set them up to date or something. And she was a fucking party animal at 11 years old. So who knows what her mental state is like in real life? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she's just a total mess. But 
Yeah, too wild for Corey at 12? Yeah. That's but too funny. wild for the Corys in their teens. How about that? Um, but it only really seems like the only person who will cast her these days, if she's not doing like a directing project or something, is Adam Sandler. Yeah. No, the last thing I remember her doing, do you remember, um, you see Norm MacDonald's Netflix show? You ever catch that? It was like a couple of years ago. But she was a guest on that, and this is the last thing I remember seeing her in. Did she seem uh, functioning? Uh, She seemed annoying. I don't know. (laughs) She was talking about, like, Bukowski books and, like, you know, trying to act like. um, Drew Barrymore is a Bukowski (laughs) fan? Oh. I guess so. Uh, Okay. She should play Bukowski. Anyone, <laughs> anyone that's over thirty that still likes Bukowski is like, all right, you're you're supposed to get into in your late teens, early twenties when him drinking and calling women bitches or cunts or whatever in his poems was like, oh my god, look how deep this guy is. It was that or Kurt Vonnegut, one of those. I don't know, it's like, I did the same thing in my head, kind of. Well, if if you were like the you know introspective, quiet kind of guy, it was Kurt Vonnegut. If you wanted to like make excuses for your drinking problem. It was Bukowski. Uh, a lot of people wish they were Bukowski uh, yeah, and try yeah, to yeah. lean in. It's just like, yeah, I'm like that guy. But no, you don't have any talent at all. You just sit around and drink and smoke all day. You're fucking yeah. bum. Your apartment that stinks. That was a lot, of, uh, a lot of college writing majors. That yeah. was their thing, yeah. I don't, like, I, listen, I don't mind Bukowski. No, yeah, it's not like but it's, uh There's a certain culture around that. And also, yeah. if you take a look at some of his YouTube clips, he's a horrifying man. The way yeah. he, he treats his wife or girlfriend <laughs> or whoever that woman is, he just starts kicking her and then oh, growls and fucking leaps at her like Freddy Krueger in some movie. It is a horror show. So that's what becomes. I mean, everything you get in his novels where it's shaded as like a poor me thing. I mean, maybe, but he's also fucking gross. He just said, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah. He he made a, a whole generation of writers think that if they just drink whiskey alone they're gonna come up with like a brilliant something and no not really uh but yeah it's embarrassing that someone that's over 30 years old talks about him in that way i don't know are you thinking of anybody in particular hans well drew barrymore he just mentioned oh well yeah (laughs) yeah she was like 40 something so yeah exactly it's like you i mean i went through my bukowski phase where i was like yeah maybe i'll start drinking whiskey and i was like this is horrible when yeah, yeah. Just try to try to uh, smoke a cigar and just pull it really hard until you almost die. Yeah, I I had my uh, I'm gonna be a, a a writer now. What? Who's this guy? Oh, he he writes about being drunk and 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 sad and how he's this girl that just came over is a bitch. That's cool. I can do that. You know, I went through that at like 19 or something. But like, I don't know. Something about a 40 year old <laughs> talking about that is kind of like. Hmm. Maybe you should, I don't know, read other stuff, I guess. What's a, a good film, though, for anybody uh, who may be a fan of Bukowski or may not be, is uh, Barbe Schroeder's Barfly from 1987 or 88. Oh, I just rewatched You're the Dragon today with Michael uh, Cimino's commentary. Are you a fan of Michael Cimino at all, Chris? Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I, I like You're the Dragon, obviously Deer Hunter, but I, I haven't seen uh, Heaven's Gate yet, so I have to see that. It's a tough watch, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I tried to, I, um, I tried to give it a, a, a you know, a viewing mm-hmm. last year or the year before, and I was like, well, I love Year of the Dragon. I really enjoy Deer Hunter, and these are pretty, um, you know, these are pretty uh, dense films. 
but Heaven's Gate, it, it's uh, if you're not in the mood for that type of movie, it can be impenetrable. And I got to revisit it. Um, I, I probably didn't give it a fair shake, but it was just so difficult to uh, keep my attention. But there's uh, like multiple versions, right? Isn't yeah, there like different cuts. Like he has his own, and then yeah, the studio right. one. I think the uh, Criterion Collection uh, version is just his mm-hmm. director's cut. So uh, that's whichever one that I got into. And um, yeah, just a just a hard watch in general. But um, I forgot where I was going with this. He was anyway. Michael Michael Cimino was was going on and on about the commentary, just uh, appreciating his own work. And uh, Mickey Rourke is terrific in that film. But Mickey Rourke yeah. plays Charles Bukowski in Barfly, and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He nails it so well. I think uh, his love interest in that movie is maybe Jessica Lang or Jessica Tan. I don't know. One of the, one of the Jessicas. Yeah, I, I, I I've never seen that. I've seen the poster many times. I've never watched that movie, but I definitely check it out. It's kind of hard to track down these days. I think Warner yeah. Archive might have put out uh, a version of it, or there might be some out-of-print Blu-ray mm-hmm. that was published in France. But for the most part, it is a difficult film to uh, get a hold of. There's a lot of very good movies from just that, that stretch of time. A Year of the Dragon was one for a while until yeah. they, they issued the um, Warner Archive Blu-ray. Another yeah. one is Star 80, which does not have Mickey Roy, has no relevance at all. But Peter Bogdanovich died today. Yeah, 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 I saw that. Rest in peace. And yeah. um, the guy who plays Uncle Ben in the Spider-Man movies, I believe, play. oh, no, he plays Hugh Hefner, excuse me, who's a friend of Peter Bogdanovich, sets mm-hmm. him up. Peter Bogdanovich is a character in the movie Star 80. They don't call him Peter uh, Bogdanovich because it would imply a lot of creepiness. It would imply yeah, yeah, yeah. some uh, a big popular theme in film in 2021, which is grooming. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, Licorice Pizza was big on that. Red Rocket was big on that. Well... He got involved with a young model at the time who was seeing somebody. She dies, and then he immediately uh, takes to her younger sister, who's like 15 years old at the time, and is like, you'll never have to worry about a thing. Hmm. Let's her live with him for a while, pays for her college, and they're just a thing, an unspoken thing for 10 years. Weird guy. He did the same thing with Civil Shepherd on the last Civil Picture Shepherd, Show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you, uh, if you ever check out the um, Easy Riders and Raging Bulls, uh, book, which is about mm-hmm. the birth of New Hollywood. They get into that and how he left his wife for 17 or 16-year-old Civil Shepherd on that movie. Just a bad family man and pedophile, <laughs> but he's rest like, in that's, peace. That's, that's, that's the one that's going to break up your marriage? The Shepherd, the one that we're Look, this isn't supposed to believe in. From it's hot the, in what's the, the movie sitcom. where she's supposed to be hot, but she's her, so it's not... Or am I thinking of someone... <laughs> So I think thinking you're thinking of, of a... somebody else. You think you figured Drew Barrymore, Kathleen Turner, you know, one of these Hollywood dames. No. Who's the Shepherd? Uh, is it Glenn Close? Yes. <laughs> one of those me- it's probably Glenn mediocre. Close. Yeah, it's probably Glenn Close. Uh, where, uh... oh yeah, Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. Right? Like, oh, yeah, we're, su- we're, su- we're supposed that to believe that. Sense to me at all. Yeah. <laughs> Was, back in the 80s there was nothing sexier than a 38 year old woman with a dried out face so Glenn Close you would <laughs> sacrifice your fa- your young wife and child in an instant for a night with that woman yeah yeah it's, uh, that's where <laughs> Say, that suspended belief doesn't work <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was no. just like oh hmm. well Civil Shepherd's no, no. not ugly or anything but no, she no. ain't she's not uh, you know well by the time we get to the 90s or 80s anyway I mean, he got he was done with her pretty quick. He was on to Dorothy Stratton and then her 15-year-old sister within a couple of years. So 
Say la vie. That's that's rest in peace. Yeah. Yes, rest, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Hans, what's your favorite Peter Bogdanovich film? I know you're a big Peter Bogdanovich head. Oh yeah, I'm such a huge Peter Bogdanovich head that I have to look him up because I don't even. What's oh, that guy. Ah, uh, he did too. Um, he did too. He did Saint Jack, Saint which is Jack, that's a, yeah. That's a good underrated like one where. One. Yeah. It kind of feels like a comedy version of the killing of a Chinese bookie yeah, where he's yeah, just yeah. in Asia prostituting women and taking it easy in a floral shirt. Yeah, and he yeah. did uh, They All Laughed, which was a um, a kind of comedy with Ben Gazzara, uh, Hepburn, mm-hmm. John Ritter, and I think Dorothy Stratton was in that one before she got killed. So that's a pretty underrated little pick, too. John Ritter is somebody who's pretty slept on nowadays but that's uh that's a pretty decent find on amazon prime or some platform but my favorite Peter left on, yeah. film probably left what, on you something funny to say hans let's hear the comment because <laughs> <laughs> he's sleeping because he's dead right i've never seen a Peter book movie i just went through his claim oh, and i'm like oh I, john you know... ritter <laughs> taking shots at john ritter who's been dead no, for 20 years fine. He was good in that show uh, about his daughter or whatever. Eight Simple Rules, wasn't he in that? Yeah. And then he died in the middle of it. And then he was also in It. He was good in It, playing the the gay character or something. I don't remember who he played. He wasn't gay. He was just fat. Oh, right. Oh, he played the fat guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he was good. I just, I don't know. It's like you said, it's not a name that many people bring up, but he's always, he's got a very Kevin Costner thing about him. John Ritter has a Kevin Costner thing about him? What, in Problem Child 1? What? Hey, what's your yeah, favorite you know. John Ritter performance, Hans? Let me see. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I forgot that he was a dad on, on Problem Child. Those are pretty good. Um, there's, what, three of those? Yeah, uh, no. Sling Blade. He's Sling, Sling oh, yeah. Blade, right? No, he's gay oh, in that movie. Uh, King of the Hill. That's, that's, that's a good show. He plays uh, Clifford's voice in Clifford the Red, the Big Red Dog. That's that's cool. Yeah, he fucked that up because then he died while they were doing the movie. Oh, did he? Yeah. And some people would say who's, he who's doing Clifford. the who's doing the voice? <laughs> they get a uh, Bill Murray to do another voice, but you know how many kids were animal? probably bummed out when they said, "Oh yeah, he does." That's not the voice of Clifford anymore because Clifford died. That's that's yeah. horrible. That sounds that's very depressing when you're six years old what i, I don't know what'd you say bill murray does the voice of clifford in the movie now no i don't know i'm just wondering Kevin if they Hart? got like an old actor yeah, like that i think it's chris like they did garfield yeah chris oh, yeah. pratt uh did that movie come out by the way the clifford movie silently they quietly pushed wow. it out onto amazon prime and oh, wow. i would be surprised if they put it in the theater there was no promotion there was a promotion when it was first announced and people made fun of the dog and then nothing. Silence. So shows the faith that they had in that movie. Well, it seems like Clifford doesn't speak in the movie. So there's no voice. Yeah, because John Ritter just... died. That's why. And they got Jack Whitehall that, oh, John Cleese is in this. Why? That's Horatio Sands. I forgot, right? His, uh, rest in peace. Another another guy that his career is Maybe that's why they buried the movies because Horatio was the voice of Clifford. And then they were like, we can't have him do the voice of Clifford anymore. Clifford will just have no voice. No, he plays a, a character called 
he plays a character called Raul, so he probably just plays like a chubby Mexican, like on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Peters in it. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, Kelly Clifford. <laughs> anyway, it's got a sixth rating on IMDb. That's that's pretty good. That's not that Drew bad. Watch the trailer. Drew watch the Clifford trailer. <laughs> no, we're not gonna watch. <laughs> You know what? Pull it up. Let's see it. Let's take a look at this trailer. Let's see, let's let's see what happens when we listen Clifford. to Hans's yeah. ideas. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about RoboCop for about sixteen minutes of this show. Yeah. I hope you know. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. The, the Clipper cut. Uh, let me see. Wow, it, it does look terrible. Uh, oh shit! I have to share some. Oh no! Yeah, that looks just like bad compositing to me. Um, that dog probably wouldn't be that bad if they just shaded it and layered it a bit more. Oh, man. The eyes are a little fucked, though. You may not believe this. Is that a trailer to the trailers? Yeah. Yeah, they do. That's the key to success. You got to do a little preview of what you're in for. There are times it can be hard to find. Did you bring your garbage to school? Oh. But sometimes, the magic finds us. Look at you. Don't go crazy. So cute. I'm so bored. Oh, John. Well, you know, what do you see here? 85,000 thumbs up. People must have really been into this. That's a lot. 11 million views. 11 million views. Almost 11.5 million views. Oh, her tears make the dog big? Imagine. Can you imagine how many cats would be gigantic if, if every tear that a woman cries into a cat? Everyone <laughs> <laughs> just giant cats everywhere. Oh, that looks terrible. All right, we've seen enough of this. Yeah, let's, let's, I'm good. Uh, can we just pull up? Oh, the, oh they got guy, the rest the guy. of the development guy. <laughs> Should I pull what? Uh, I don't know. Pull up some RoboCop related. Let's get. Uh, let's at least fucking tie it back a little bit here. Okay. This is too off the rails yeah, for any yeah. show. I couldn't. I don't know if I, in good conscience, I could call this a RoboCop and RoboCop show at this point. Um, what do we? What do you have a? How about we just see a clip from that 70s show? That might be vaguely related <laughs> enough. What is this? What the fuck is this fucking squished? Leon, I told you I don't have time. You got a bam back up. Murphy. Good evening, Sergeant Reed. Did you know there's a warrant out for your arrest? Yes. Just check it. What can I do for you? Please direct me to the rehab staging area. Same call. Thank you. Oh, what the fuck? You may want to call the fire department. <laughs> oh, they gave him one-liners on the third one. I love the quality. It's really good. Yeah, it's no, a 240. This is, <laughs> this is how I remember watching RoboCop. This RoboCop voice is terrible. Yeah, yeah. This is a big downgrade from Peter Weller. Hey, why don't we look up Prime Directive? 
the Canadian RoboCop. And just see how the budget got impacted by that. A Canadian show, that's going to be that's going to be tough. A RoboCop. It's going to be like those, uh, the the oh, Prime Director. Prime Director. There we go. Yeah. Let's take a look at this. Not that. Did I misspell that's it? That's from the movie. Miss Doubt. That's Michael Rappaport. He played RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> It's the fucking whole thing. I'm not going to play the whole thing. There, Angry Black Robocop. Straight home, please. Yes, ma'am. Was Robocop an original idea, or is this based on a comic book? I think it was original, I'm pretty sure. I think they wanted a, uh, like a Terminator-type movie, like make a Terminator-type movie, and like, oh, Robocop. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I, I remember there was a lot of Image Comics crossovers that were like Terminator yeah. versus Robocop back in the 90s. They loved doing yeah. that. Or, um, you know, Robocop Even, versus Predator or Alien. Yeah. There are Batman and Robocop Batman, comics? yeah. I remember mm-hmm. Batman also. <clears throat> that yeah, this doesn't look very good. No. What no, about... like you said, the remake was probably the best RoboCop thing since the original. You know, that's that's what I liked it. I was like, damn. I think so. I yeah. watched uh, RoboCop 2 immediately after I, f- I, I finished watching the mm-hmm. original RoboCop. And the tone shift in that is so stark. Um, yeah. And then RoboCop... Like, yeah. Go ahead. I, I don't like the way they um, completely just do away with the ending of the first one. Like, you know, he's all, like, self-realized. And then all of a sudden, it's, like, back to basics, kind of. Also, mm-hmm. in the remake, I thought... Um, I like the the flip they did with him having a conscious in the beginning. So the whole time he knows his family and they make him stupid. They dumb him down. So it's like almost like a, an opposite um, path that his character goes through. I uh, really enjoy these stop motion bad guys of the films too. There's something yeah. especially charming. Yeah, uh, yeah. Seeing him take on the, the bigger uh, robot here and uh, come out on top. That's something that uh, is obviously lacking a bit from uh the remake there's that charm lost in that knowing yeah. or seeing that there's a physical ob- even if you know like it's all scale perspective and all that yeah um you know my favorite pers- uh my fa- sorry my favorite scene on the new one uh it's when i don't know if you guys remember this scene but uh at one point joel kinnaman's robocop is leaving and his wife is waiting for him outside of the station and she runs towards him and she's like you have to take care of your family. We miss you. And Roko's like, all right, you get to his bike and leaves without saying anything. Yeah. That made me laugh for like two minutes. <laughs> Cause he's just like, no fucking get out of here, bitch. And just <laughs> leaves. <laughs> that was great. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your point. That had nothing no, to do not with it. All. It just right. popped in my head. Yeah. No, I like that the family was involved too. Like in the original, it's like, Oh, they're gone. Like, you know, right. It's like a memory, but in this one, like they're like right there. Like, where's my husband? It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, you have that PMZ ish thing where it's like and this is his face he's looking his child is here his son has ptsd like wow uh... right right (laughs) yeah there was talks for a while that they were going to do a robocop sequel but ultimately this movie did not make as much money as they would have hoped for um and i think it's only a matter of time now before they probably i mean do you think they're more likely to go with hey peter weller you want fifteen million dollars and do a new? We're just going to call it RoboCop, yeah. And it's going to be you as an older RoboCop, I guess. Maybe we'll That's do a, a little trend. de-aging on the mouth or something. Maybe he just doesn't age anymore. Or do you think they're going to do a another remake or reboot? They'll probably do a reboot, I think, in like three to four years or something. And it'll probably be, probably be really bad. 
you'd probably be like worse than the last one, you know, that type of thing. I thought um the remake was interesting too, like the like the commentary was against the grain a little bit than I thought it would be. Like I mm-hmm. you know, I thought it'd be a little more like kind of peaceful, but it was like, you know, they were calling them drones and stuff. It was like a, like a pretty much a critique of like war on terror and all that stuff. Oh yeah. So maybe that's why that was kind of like buried a little bit. It's like that that had a lot more of like they showed the news in the first one, but the news in the the remake was like a lot more like they were controlling the perception of people where in the the original it was like um it's just like a product of what's happening. Right. I don't think that there's anything interesting that they could add on to that. It really I mean yeah. to me it feels like the 2014 RoboCop uh goes hand in hand with the kind of period that we're living in right now yeah uh for all the reasons you just mentioned that 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 shaping of perception and just how uh, nefarious the american Mm. government is and and the overreach of that through corporations um whereas now i think if you did it it would come out uh really corny and boomerish and like uh like probably an episode of bill maher from 2017 or so (laughs) it's probably like the only different thing you could do because i i think one of the strongest benefits of the robocop series is accurately satirizing um, what seems to be the not-so-distant future. The corporations, yeah. the government, um, military power, all these things that you would not be able to honestly do uh, through any production company They now. would do like a like an Alex Jones thing or something where he'd be mm-hmm. on the like internet. Like that would be the news perspective probably this time. Yes, absolutely. It would be something along those lines. So, like, like they did on Don Look Up. Have you seen that yet, Miller? I am not no, gonna no. watch that. No, hell I am no. either. I can't. I, I get angry just looking at it. I hate that dude's movies so much. I really do. Like, what was the, the financial it, crisis one annoyed me. The Big Short. And, yeah, and yeah, he did Vice. Yeah, and I uh, Vice. I'm out on Adam McKay. I the best. What I was mean, the thing? I think he retweeted something where he was like, like someone criticized Vice or something. And he was like, "Well, you know, no, no, I'm no. just over here trying to make a movie with like, like something bitchy." Here's like what that. happened. Like, what are you? Yeah. Here's what happened. Somebody spotted that there was a crew member in the background of a shot of Don't Look Up wearing a mask. <laughs> Yeah. And he said, well, actually, that's intentional. We threw uh, that in there to just kind of be like a little note on the times we're living in. But the dude's like way in the background or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just obviously it was an accident and he's trying to intellectualize it. Uh, and it's not even yeah. like a comedic. I'm playing off of this. Like, clearly, no, it, it's him trying to make it seem like everything was on purpose. But yeah, he's yeah. one of these guys from the aughts or so who uh, dabbled a lot in comedy and now that he's aged out of that a bit, is totally up his own ass and feels like, yeah. well, now I have to, I need to say something important. So he gravitates towards all these current events or um, 21st century uh, historical events and turns them into films. What are you cracking up about, Hans? I found it. I found the one I was talking about. So Let's let me see. show you. So this guy just posted a very like bland critique of the movie. It's just Vice was technically a movie, but it was mostly a two-hour Second City audition. And McKay replies with, so cynical, so useless, good luck to you. (laughs) And then two minutes later, he says, I mean, honestly, nearly a million people died, and I try to make a move to bring it back to the forefront. And you have your hot take. How gross. Fucking asshole. How gross that you replied to that? Like, what the hell? Yeah. I don't understand this, because look, we will get 
I got some hateful comments out the ass over my little doc- YouTube documentaries about Mark Maron and Joe Rogan. Oh, man. I think, yeah, I remember those. People just writing mean-spirited shit, um, not even necessarily about the documentaries, but about myself or whatever I'm up to. And I feel nothing at all. I don't understand how you can how you can be Adam McKay. You can go work on Succession. You have the ability to make these movies happen, and some dude's opinion on Twitter is going to ruin your day to the point where you not only reply, but then you think about it a little bit more. You get mad, and you're like, "No, I'm not. I'm not done with this guy. I got to." Yeah. And you got to send Her. off something immediately before he even replies back to you. How? How? How do you get to yeah. be that kind of person? Well, he's just a soft, like, California guy, you know? that. Now, with social media, you're able to see it. I'm sure that before that, if there was any type of negative comment, he would just sit in his room and whine about it or, or whatever. But now, you know, social media reveals who they really are with all that petty shit. Same with, uh, what's the, the Flanagan guy? Mike Flanagan, yes. yeah. Who like any any type of negative criticism that he's aware of on Twitter, he's always like So what either, happened with like, that? Bitchy I or... got blocked, you got blocked, Jerry got blocked, and then he stalked Jake's Twitter feed, replied to some four month old post that he put up on Twitter and said, Well, actually, yeah. this is because Jake was the most polite of the four of us, I guess. And he right. tried to have a conversation with him about why he was wrong and that his movie was bad or something. But I didn't even say anything that mean. I just said that Dr. Sleep was like the worst thing that happened to film. And that was enough. That was, that was, that was I, actually still, I still haven't seen that. I, I couldn't bring myself to watch it. It's in still like, yeah, the recreations uh, of the first one. If you're, if you're a fan of The Shining, um, it won't piss you off or anything. It's just like, who, why? How did you come to the conclusion yeah. this was a good idea? Um, and I'll tell you what. I was kind of into it for the first 30 minutes or so. I was like, all right, we got Ewan McGregor as adult Danny Torrance. Because I really enjoyed the premise. Even when the book came out, I didn't vibe with the book. I thought it was a great idea to have him as like a, a an adult who's struggling with his power. He works in a hospice. I was like, that sounds terrific to me. Yeah. Count me in. And then Stephen King fucks it up by going in a magical Rose direction. Rose the hat with her big hat and her dress outfit. <laughs> And, this, look, and her band of like teenage goths or dressed like teenage goths from the 2006-ish. Right, yeah. Pretending no, I, to be like vampires or something. Like what we do in the shadows, but uh, queer-eyed. <laughs> you have also the giant from Twin Peaks in there. And uh, I kind of felt bad for him because you know he takes whatever role is offered to him because he's so big. He doesn't have a choice. <laughs> Yeah. It's movie. like him and the guy who played Jaws. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I need a big guy. You know, mm-hmm. call him up. <laughs> so you've got this merry band of misfits, and I think there's a couple of stars in there that he hides, like cameos or whatever, and Jacob Tremblay, a little boy. It's like there's a good cast here. Um, you have good production value, and yet it all falls apart. It did not – I mean, he does. He abandons the ending of the book, too, to try and retcon – Stephen King's book into the Kubrick shining by making the ending that. Mm. And it's just like, ah, why, why did you do that? Like you're, you're fanboying a little too hard here. And the use of doubles, uh, Henry Thomas as Jack Nicholson's Jack Torrance, big mistake, big mistake. Like just have, look, if you want to cast Henry Thomas as Jack Torrance, great, but don't have him do a Jack Nicholson impression. Um, it was just worth in mind. 
<laughs> no, it was about on par. <laughs> All right. Do so you think I, I could have gotten that job? We have the same hairline. I'll just grow my hair. I don't. I, Chris, have you ever seen like uh, Tim Heidecker's Jack Nicholson impression? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He does like it's, fucking thighs and shit. It's, yeah. it's essentially that. <laughs> Henry Thomas is doing yeah. that in the movie, but they don't show him talking at all. It's always like from a side angle or something. Yeah. And then eventually they do come around and show you like a full shot of him. And it's like, that ain't Jack. Who the fuck yeah, is this guy? Like, no, it's like when you, when you expect Santa Claus to look a certain way or something. And then it's like another guy dressed up as Santa Claus. It's Art bad. Man, yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, so yeah, Adam McKay's a sensitive little bitch. I can't believe that guy's rich and famous. <laughs> no, nah, he sucks. Yeah, he should've sucks. Should have been, uh, been Todd Phillips getting all those movies. That's yeah. that's my opinion. I, what are his? He went from fucking Anchorman, uh, Step Brothers. Step How did he betray Will Ferrell? There was a thing that came out somewhat recently about because they had um, they produced. The Foot Fist Way and Napoleon Dynamite, I think. Maybe I, I might have that wrong. Um, and a couple of other weird comedies from the mid-aughts through, I think their company was called Gary Sanchez Productions. And something happened between these two where Adam McKay betrayed Will Ferrell. And Will Ferrell said, have a nice life. I'm never working with you, never speaking to you again. Huh. Uh, I found it, I think. Um Apparently, Adam McKay, uh, he cast uh, casted John C. Riley as Jerry Buss, Jerry Buss from the Lakers in a Lakers project about the 1980s LA Lakers, and uh, Will Ferrell, I guess, took it to heart. I don't well, know. It's a Ferrell. Why? It Does he Ferrell have bad blood as... with John C. Riley? <clears throat> I I don't know. It says uh, Fer- Ferrell took it as a way deeper hurt than I ever imagined. And try, I tried to reach out to him and I reminded him of some slights that were thrown my way that were never apologized for. What a bitch. So he just, yeah, so he just says, I reached out to him uh, to complain about things that he said before that I didn't like. What a fucking bitch. Uh, the whole time it was like I was saying it out loud. Let's not become an episode of Behind the Music. Don't let it happen. And it happened. Okay, well, there's uh, no context here. So, all right, I understand it, what the little debacle was. Adam McKay said, all right, I, yeah, I did this. And then did like the girl, like the petty, like shitty girlfriend thing of, yeah. oh, but you never apologized for doing this thing back then. And I never said any, okay, but it's not relevant to this. But why is Will Ferrell upset about that is my thing. It says here that apparently Will Ferrell, like they uh, did a production company called Gary Sanchez yep. Production in 2006. And then it says, after producing Broadway show, You're Welcome America in 2009, uh, they start to develop ructions. I don't know what that word is. Um, around McKay desires to produce more and more projects without Will Ferrell, who was keener on making comedy. So I guess McKay thought of himself as more than just a comedy director, and Will Ferrell was like, I just want to make funny shit. So they started to just go in two separate directions creatively. Yeah. But I don't understand so did he just expect to be cast in this role because he's a buddy or something and he's similar enough to that type? I mean, John C. Riley kind of did weed out Will Ferrell from what he was doing. As soon as John C. Riley was like, I want to do comedies now. You didn't really see too, too much of Will Ferrell anymore. 
popping up in these movies and TV shows. Will Ferrell, uh, what was the last big thing he did? Anchorman 2? But even that was like a return for him because yeah. he was doing those um, comedies like Get Hard, right? Was that the one? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Walk Hard, Get Hard. Get Hard. <laughs> Walk I don't know. He did right. a oh, – no, that, Walk Hard was John C. Riley. John too. C. Riley, yeah. Yeah. No, he did a prison one and he oh did my a God. basketball one. What? This oh, is semi pro. I remember. Semi pro. Yeah. yeah. This is, seems like such bitchy. Ugh. Okay. So it says, um, uh, uh, hold on one second. He was McCain's new batter. It was at this point that McCain made the decision to cast Riley for the series while not informing Farrell. Uh, the truth is, uh, the way the show was always going to be is hyper realistic, and Farrell just doesn't look. Like Jerry Buss, I guess he because he's a Lakers fan, he wanted to play the guy, uh, but uh, McKay cast uh, John C. Riley instead. Um, it says I didn't want to hurt his feelings. I wanted to be respectful. I should have called him and didn't. McKay said Farrell took it as way deeper hurt than I ever imagined. And the last time they talked was a court phone conversation. I said, "Well, I mean, we're splitting up the company," and he basically was like, "Yeah, we are." And basically was like, have a good life. I'm like, fuck, Farrell's never going to talk to me again. So it ended not well. Uh, McKay has since sent several emails to Farrell, but received no reply. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it seems like it's just like a bitchy Hollywood fight about like, I wanted to play that guy and he cast no, someone else. No, here's what happened. Uh, I guess he was set to play that guy and they just didn't contract or- him. I just looked it up uh, real quick. It seems like Will Ferrell was okay. at least told that he had that role locked. And that, that makes way more sense than just Will Ferrell being like, well, you're my buddy. You're working on this. I want this role. Give me this role. Right. Which, honestly, maybe with a business partner you've been working with for 20 years, like there might be some kind of leeway like that. Um, but, yeah, no, that was, that's extremely shitty. If, if, that's, if yeah. he didn't tell him. And that seems to be the case. Um, wow, what a fucking little weasel. That's horrible. I'd be like, hey, Hans, yeah. I wrote this project for you and I. And then you show up the first day. I was like, oh, actually, I just cast uh, Jerry in, in this role. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, you you play the deli guy. Just like, oh, cool. <laughs> you're going to be a... <laughs> you're gonna play the cobbler in this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he does seem like such an insufferable Hollywood type that I don't feel bad. Uh, I still, I still have some respect for Will Ferrell because he made me laugh a lot in the early two thousands. And Adam McKay is just a, I don't know, I especially with who he's become, where he feels like he's the person that should lecture regular people and should you know tell them, make fun of them, whatever. And it's like who. I think it's funny, like looking at Danny McBride's trajectory, like compared to like the Will Ferrell things. They kind of used to be, you know, a little around, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Danny McBride went the right way, in my opinion. Like he's still, funny. Yeah. he still makes funny stuff. Even like Righteous Gemstones is good. Oh yeah, that show is really funny. But he he hasn't adjusted to anything really. Feels like every time there's a show that comes out, you know the type of comedy that he's gonna put out. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. why it works. Yeah, because he hasn't really toned it down at all. It's still very adult. I guess, humored. Uh, and there's not really many shows uh, that still do that. So I guess it's still kind of like a like a weird uh, niche that he's made for himself and it still, still works. Well, he, he does something where he backs off 
for a little bit. So between Vice Principals and the Righteous Gemstones, mm-hmm. it was a couple years. And also he works with a good creative team where yeah. it's like they know that there's more to a comedy than just what the laughs are going to be. You can get by on the laughs alone, almost certainly. But they really try to flesh out their characters, have like a weird, dark storyline yeah. or, or plot dynamics. So he works with the right people. And you don't really see that too often. I don't think you saw much of that in the Farrelly Brother era of comedy <laughs> following yeah. 2000 or even like with will ferrell's films those are all just jokes the actual subject matter of the movie doesn't matter as much they're also shot very well like it seems like danny mcbride mm-hmm. really cares about his projects not just being funny but also to look good uh so that that's not the type of quality uh filmmaking that you expect for comedies so i guess that's another another extra thing that's added to the already funny script and performances that they look good they look like a real movie not just like a you know a a long sketch right absolutely and that i think that was something that was popular in the 1980s when you had guys like john hughes or ivan reitman or um harold ramus who were writing and directing comedies that actually had uh like a point to them but weren't moralizing anything or trying to send a message it was just like a, a, a pretty decent story or an interesting idea that was fleshed out with good comedians, good comedic actors mm-hmm. um, delivering jokes. That seems to be the M.O. of what they're up to anyway with Rough House and, and all those shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of that. I think that's been great. I can't wait for the yeah. new season of Righteous Gemstones, which I think yeah, is yeah. a couple of weeks away. Um, right. I just need some some Walton Goggins because I'm not watching yeah, yeah, Unicorn, yeah. that CBS show. Good oh, for him <laughs> for getting a paycheck. But I watched fuck. an episode of that. Yeah, it's not what is that? That's Walton Goggins making um, making making sure that he's set for life. Yeah, essentially. Big network debut. Why don't we just pull up the no. trailer the unicorn? No, the, <laughs> we'll give it free promotion. I think, does, I think he has like a dead wife or something. I think that's the premise. And then like uh, he's trying to like date women. Yeah, he's like oh my wife's the, dead. I just remember one, one scene oh. of uh, he like reheats his wife's old food. I think you're going to say reheats his wife's ashes. Snorts <laughs> <laughs> her ashes. Is that Rob Corddry back there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Why yeah, couldn't... Yeah. Oh, man. Look, nothing again. I love Walton Goggins. They needed to take a liquefy yeah. tool to his forehead in some of these photos. <laughs> Jesus, fuck it. Can we just pull... Hold on. No. Yeah, that was, that's bad. But go to this one with the gray background. It's a headshot. So this? No, that's, that's bad too. But yeah. Oh, God. He looks like one of those twins that died recently. You know who I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a Russian name or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's because of those veneers too. Like they don't really mesh with the rest of the face. I he he's not that actor though. Like I don't. I feel like every time I've enjoyed him on something, which is most of the times, he plays like a side. You know, he plays mm-hmm. like yeah. the interesting character of the series, not the main guy. Uh, this just feels like when. Uh, What's his name from Arrested Development? Will Arnett had a series with Netflix too, and it's like, oh, he's the oh, main yeah. guy. And it's like, I don't know. I kind of liked him as the shithead brother or the shithead friend or like bad character, not yeah. leading man. And uh... that is not meant for everybody. And I'm sure Walton's great on the show, uh, but yeah. I don't know if I'm interested in seeing him carry that, especially that kind of program. I know he was attached to star in a, they shot a pilot of what was going to be a series of L.A. Confidential for CBS. Mm. And he was the star of that, and it didn't That's get picked up. So, But 
I don't think it was going to be any. I mean, it's CBS. CBS does one thing right, and it is uh, reality competition programming. It is certainly not scripted adult shows, prime time. Yeah. Um, it it's really just like low IQ content. If you watch any of those CSIs or NCIS, oh, yeah, they're doing yeah. they're bringing back NCIS. It's just it's rough. They got a bad writers' room. Yeah, well, the problem is that you have to keep everything safe, right? Like they don't really take many chances. It's a family people. network. Yeah. Know? So when you have channels like I don't know AMC, I guess uh, that takes chances with uh, subject matters that might not be what a family regularly watches. Everything else kind of feels very milquetoast, very like it's like that Yellowstone. Show. Have you guys seen that show? No. Why I've are people talking about Yellowstone? That. I've seen so yeah. many people talking about this fucking. I'm yep. like, who who cares? Who's watching yeah. this Western shit that's on a fucking streaming platform? What is Yellowstone about, Hans? It's uh, Kevin Costner in the in the West. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I, I would want. I watched one episode and I was like, cool. I, why? Like, why is there so much praise for this show? It feels like those, uh, you know, when you, when you go on whatever streaming website and there's a lot of very nice covers for shows that you've never heard of before. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Why would I watch this thing? That's what this feels like. But for whatever reason, the, I don't know if it's the, the Midwest or like middle America are excited about seeing fucking horses and a cowboy hat on someone they're like oh this is great but i watched one episode and i was like yeah that's all i need to to watch feels like it's targeted to like 50 year olds and up you know that mm, type i of saw thing. they're already making a, a spinoff for it with the that cowboy guy from uh big lebowski i can't remember his name oh, sam Elliott. cowboy yeah, yeah yeah sam Elliott. so they're doing they already have that loaded up to go so that's the next uh chapter in yellowstone now what what is the cool. controversy that was happening around yellowstone because i saw uh jake from our our click make a post either in the facebook group or twitter or somewhere where this show was get criticized for some reason what is what is going on with this hans uh it says here that three wolves were killed during a montana's wolf no i guarantee season. you that's not his problem with the show from what we learned some, yeah, some time see. ago oh uh, casting controversy is that it maybe um you don't know. <laughs> romance political intrigue nefarious criminality and family drama is all set across the backdrop of the sunny american west paramount's network yeah no, uh, i don't synopsis. know it says here it says here before the first season began native american actor adam beach doesn't sound very native i just american. watched a movie uh, with him in it called smoke signals and i could have sworn his co-star was filipino and not native american that's <laughs> that's the guy that plays uh that Suicide Squad character that gets killed That's right away. Slipknot. Yeah. I looked yeah. up his IMDb because he's good in the movie, but they give him a horrible fucking haircut midway through. Can you just Google Adam Beach smoke signals haircut and you'll see what I mean. It is atrocious, but continue whatever you were saying. Uh, it says here that um, he took to Instagram to criticize a particular casting decision over a picture of actress Kelsey Asbile. He posted the words failure of diversity. I'm asking my native actors to stay away from this project. Mm. Uh, she plays the role of a Native American wife of one of the Dutton men. Uh, uh, so yeah, sure. But apparently she's not Native American. So I guess 
you can't be Native American unless you're Native Damn, American. she should have just lied like Johnny Depp lied for Lone Ranger. He was like, yeah, you know, my great-grandfather was a quarter Cherokee, and this is my way of honoring him. It's like, this is a Disney movie, Johnny Depp. You know exactly how much money you're making from this shit. But, yeah, like, pull up Adam Beach's haircut for smoke signals. I need to see this yet again. I, you guys got to see this. So Adam Beach is a Native American actor from the 90s mainly. Oh, there you go. When he's in the oh no no no, in the car. But this? No, oh, that's no. how it looked, and then that's how it looks. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> There's even the monkeys. And they just want us to take that seriously because clearly he was not committed to actually cutting his hair, and they tucked it under that horrible fucking wig. Holy shit! It looks yeah, holly as like fucking like shit. Like a Keen Peel like sketch or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peel playing Native yeah. American. Yeah, so I guess it's one of those, you know, virtue signaling. She's she's not native enough. No, smoke signal. Play a native. Oh, right. Yeah. I hate that shit, by the way. I hate how Native Americans? <laughs> yes. Uh, as as someone that can never be represented, because my mix is so strange that you're not going to find a fucking Latin American German Chinese person on film so that was what never a thing about? that Mass I needed. State Lottery 2022 yeah. right. I'm very right. excited about that right. representation yeah that's, that's going to be a good one uh, but you know uh, why did you I've say never... that sarcastically you haven't seen any <laughs> I, mean, just... <laughs> I didn't say it sarcastically you're in the movie <laughs> I, yeah what the fuck Hans <laughs> I didn't mean that sarcastically. Sorry, I just don't know how to react when you bring up real <laughs> shit. It's like you don't know me. Uh, but like, I I never watched anything and go, oh my god, that character looks like me, or he's that his mom is just like my mom. Like, I don't understand the need for that for to be able to enjoy anything. You know, like I I like black characters that do look nothing like me from from movies that I watch. I like white characters that look or act nothing like me. And Did you, you could just. Um... Did you relate to Terrence Howard when he was in the shower in that one prison movie? When he... no, 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 I don't know. I do not have a micro penis, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like Bruce Leroy was one of my heroes when I was a little kid from The Last Dragon. He's like a black Chinese actor or whatever, or plays that. Uh, uh, well, he doesn't play a Chinese, but you know, he's a, a kung fu black man. Uh, and I didn't need him to be Mexican or have fucking burritos for breakfast or whatever for me to be like, yes, this guy. I don't understand that fascination or or, or not not even fascination like that. Everyone now needs to have like their, you know, if I'm from Brazil, he has to be Brazilian and eat the same things I did and talk the same way I do for me to be like, yes, I'm represented on screen. Like that's so listen, stupid. I don't, I don't think it's strictly uh, a race thing when... Uh... Roger Ebert saw Paul Blart Mall Cop. His review was finally a win for the fat guy. <laughs> right. So, awesome. That's I a win. It's retarded in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he beat the skateboarding punks who took over the mall. He gave it three stars. Did three stars. Ooh, yes, he did. Wow. wow. With his after cancer? <laughs> uh, I think he, so he, I believe he had cancer twice. He beat it the first time, keeping his jaw, and then it came mm -hmm. back and the jaw disappear right right i used to uh, i used to work at the library when i was in high school and i would like just read all his movie books that actually kind of gave me like a good like jumping off point for movies that's and awesome just, like, we never had anything that good in my school library it was always uh, fucking uh, the watsons go to birmingham <laughs> that was it i didn't have any goddamn roger Ebert. i could have used that man i have a what's his name uh 
not not Roper. Who's the bearded guy? Who oh, has Leonard Malton. Leonard Malton. I got a yeah. Leonard Malton movie book somewhere around here that I found yeah, yeah, yeah. in an empty apartment once upon a time in the nineties. Uh and all his reviews are not great. He's bad, not, yeah. Yeah, he's not a very good movie. I mean, he, look, who am I to judge anybody's taste in movies? But he's certainly not Roger Ebert, I'll say. No. I mean, Roger Ebert, even when he has questionable movie opinions, it's yeah. still interesting. Like, you yeah, can yeah, – yeah. he's offering something that maybe you didn't think of with his with his take or, or whatever it might be. With Leonard Mullen, it's just very – bland very milquetoast same yeah. with uh, gene shallot gene shallot's just wacky guy what do you laugh would you got something to say hans yeah when you said bearded guy i thought of harry knowles so it's like yeah very good reviews from this fat man that's probably the first like time anyone's years. thought bearded guy and then immediately went, harry knowles i mean harry knowles what, it's so because it's... i don't know what leonard maltman looked like at all so I just know him for his book, but mm. Harry Knowles is the, you know, when I think fat bearded ginger, that's, that's where my brain well, goes. Well, yeah. his career kind of fell apart, right? Because, well, first of all, he's always been in a wheelchair for obesity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, didn't he get Me Too'd or something? He got outed as harassing some women or whatever. Probably, yeah. Even though he's married. Can look it up? Is that- yeah, let's check it out. Let's all Google right. Harry right. Knowles Me Too. Just to inform the people of a predator, a known predator that's out there. This is a program about social justice and protecting women. So Harry Knowles, very disgusting. And we got to take a look at this man, too, just so we can paint a picture here. But he's ginger. He has, like, hardly any facial features at all. And uh, he just looks like a, like a demon, like a devil creature. There's four more women accuse Harry Knowles of sexual assault and harassment. Okay. Uh, I believe it. I believe this some, some goth woman said uh, on more one more than one occasion, HK has grabbed my ass in other parts of me. I, I just learned to not go within grabbing distance of him. That's funny. Mm. Does he speed <laughs> over? Fat man, you know, he's a fat man in a wheelchair trying to reach your ass. Oh, That's God. kind of funny to me. It's like, I mean, I'm not gonna blame the victim, obviously, but it's kind of like, can't you like? Go up a couple of stairs and you'll be safe. Like how, how far? How difficult is it to get away from this obese man that can't move without a wheelchair? I don't know. I empathize uh, with these women because again, pull up Harry Knowles. That's fucking. Yeah. That's horrifying. Look, I'm not trying to say that. Oh, maybe John Travolta shouldn't have kissed his masseuse on the plane that one time. But it's a easy look. Oh it's an, it's easier to swallow a me too if it's at least a good looking guy and not a fucking monster. Oh, jeez. Jackson. Look at that. Oh, my God. He looks... What, did they Down syndrome his face up in this one photo in the floral shirt? No, that's a... No, not the puppet. I mean, on the <laughs> front... Yes, this one. This is just like proto Zach Amico. Uh, oh. Look at him. Yeah, that's the guy that's grabbing your ass. I think I would be upset too. Uh, that's traumatizing. That's horrifying. You know, I was driving around with Kenny on, uh, I think it was Christmas Eve night, and we drove under a bridge, and I looked under the bridge, and it was a burn victim sitting there just with his arms crossed looking out to the street. And I thought, God, what what is more horrifying than that? Walking under a bridge late at night on Christmas Eve and seeing a fucking burn, like a Jesus. no facial feature burn victim. Now, 
If I felt was that drowning there, it was just <laughs> he was just, it was just sitting just there in a body. hoodie, like Spawn in the movie Spawn. But Spawn at least looks charred. This guy was just white and eyes like that. It was fuck. It was a horror movie. Now, if you picture that, that's a pretty bad experience. Now, picture this guy grabbing your ass, feeling your breasts in his wheelchair with that face. That's how he looks now. He almost looks more human now. Mouse I'm sure smells. this happened. Yeah, can yeah. You, I was about to say, what do you think he smells like? A disabled, really obese ginger man. Oh, that was like Total Recall. Yeah, mm. yeah this was fun. <laughs> I tied all back in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet you I he don't. loves Starship Troopers too. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> Should I look it up? Oh my god, that's more. He's walking. Oh, it's a miracle. Up. Then he can come after you in, in real time. He'll he'll. He can run after you, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for women. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's the movies for this week. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Did we have a point that we can concisely land on before I... Are you drinking Monster tonight? No. This is just oh. a... Uh, it's uh, watermelon juice. Watermelon You're juice. You're filling the cans here. Well, listen, no. listen, this show is hardly about RoboCop. You should <laughs> check out Chris's music, 100% Reflex Machine, yes. Apple, Spotify. Uh, where did, uh, did people use Spotify more now than they use Apple Music? I don't know. I, I use Apple Music, but I always say Spotify because I feel like people use it more frequently. But Chris, know. what's your favorite movie soundtrack? Ooh, that's good. That's a good question. I like Escape from New York a lot, honestly. Mm. I listen to that a lot. Um, even like... Um, just like the old spaghetti westerns, I like a lot as well. Like uh, Sergio Leone movies. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Really, I like John Carpenter stuff a lot. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's really like what comes to mind right now. I, I, you can't go wrong with that. I think he's probably the best, yeah. certainly at uh, providing a score for a movie. Is there any, um, like in a literal sense, I guess, when you're drawing from pop music or something mm-hmm. like that? The Watchmen soundtrack comes to mind. Do you have a, a, a huh. preference as far as like a favorite soundtrack where that goes, where it's not strictly score? You know what? I, it's weird. The, the older I get, I've been having like weird feelings about real songs and movies. I don't know why. Like it almost takes me out of it a little bit. Like, really? Uh, I've heard yeah, a lot of the opposite for some reason. Really? And I don't, I don't understand the opposite take either. Yeah. Um, where people say, well, you know, when there's a score or an mm-hmm. orchestra or whatever they do, it kind of dates the movie. I was like, it mm. dates the movie in in, yeah, in what sense? I, I don't I mean maybe if you're listening to like eighties and it's a synth thing, but even that came right back around. So I, I don't know if I understand that take. I mean Quentin Tarantino does it great. He's obviously yeah. that's like his thing. He's great at that. Scorsese mm-hmm. too. I think it works whenever you're trying to make a movie that's from before. You know, like uh, yeah. what was the movie that we talked about recently where they just used nineties? Oh the Resident Evil? The, the, yeah, the upcoming episode of Resident Evil that we haven't recorded yet. Uh, they use a lot of 90s or what early 2000s songs in there. Both, and it's kind yeah. of like, it's kind of like, all right, well, it kind of sets the tone for when this is set. But whenever I, I hear this new trend of uh, slowing down a popular song or oh, making yeah. it goth, oh, it's like, that's voice. horrible. Yeah, it's so Delicate awful. female it's voice version of like a hard yeah. horse. Like, I'm a creep. Nightmare, by, yeah. yeah, I hate that shit so much. It's yeah. so. Over, they like, did that with uh, the new Batman trailer. They did. Oh damn it! Yeah, they did. Didn't they? Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. Slow Nirvana. Yeah. 
Well, the Watchmen had that too going for it, right? What I think was the, the trailer Watchmen? had a. I imagined you would know. Goddamn, uh, I don't remember this. It was just Leonard Cohen on the set. I, they, yeah. I don't think they did any covers. Oh wait a minute, no. Uh, the no, it, they do the opposite. They end uh, Watchmen with Desolation Row by Me- I think it was My Chemical Romance or something, and it's sped up. The it's Bob not... Dylan song. Yeah. Damn, I don't remember that. Um. Yeah, I I really enjoy the Watchmen soundtrack. I really like um I mean, I'd have to think off the top of my head. The Resident Evil movie soundtrack that just came out is pretty good. Um That's interesting. Did you figure it out, Hans? No. No, the trailer I found didn't have any. Was it Are you thinking but, HBO Watchmen? But it was around that time. Oh, I might be. I don't know. I it was around that time where they uh started doing that. I think Zack Snyder did it with maybe it was Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah. Where they just take like a popular song from like 10 years ago and they just slow the tempo and then you have a, a women's voice on top of it and it's very slow. No, actually, you know what you're thinking of? Like, you're thinking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is there's a cover of Hallelujah <laughs> oh, that a woman yeah, does. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, th- but it's not the only one that does it, you know? No. Like that that became like a thing for trailers for a couple of years and it's just like this sucks like i do that don't and the, like the this. fuck it the gunshots like sticking up with like text or something be like, right bah, 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 oh yeah like in rhythm with the song too that of course that yeah very annoying yeah so i prefer when they do the resident evil thing where they try to take you back to when that movie's set because that works because it's like well when i was seeing my friends i never really played those games but seeing my friends play those games that's the type of music we would listen to. So that makes sense for the yeah, setting. Cool. So it works. But when you try to, I don't know, grab a popular song and then you make it dramatic because it's a dramatic scene, you're kind of like, uh, don't do that. Like, I don't, I don't like lyrics on songs when I'm watching a movie and it's supposed to be like a very dramatic moment. And then you yeah. have like someone singing something that's unrelated or worse if it's related. Because then you're just like, how in the nose is this fucking thing? Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't like lyrics on songs. What about in guess, Pokemon, the first movie, when Pikachu dies, and what was it? It was like Tattoo or something, whatever. What, the all the things she said? Used. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> was, that, was, that was the B-side of that. Um, I remember I, I got that from Wal- – I was like, this is the Pokemon soundtrack, and it was Tattoo. It was their two songs. Yeah. It was a single, too. I was like, why is this $4? I should, I should get this, I guess. I believe that was the B-side track. But the first side was whatever was ending the Pokemon movie, which is sad. You don't remember? Hans, you were like 40 years old no. or something. When that yeah, I was out. like 30 when that came out, and I can't remember. I saw it in the theater. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, don't, I can't remember what it was, but yeah. yeah. Well, what I like about the Resident <laughs> Evil soundtrack is that they don't explicitly use songs from the era that I mean, they use popular songs from the 70s and 80s in the movie, but for the 90s, for when it takes place, it's kind of more low-key hits. Like, mm-hmm. shit you would probably hear on the radio after three or four very popular songs. Like, if you, if you heard some Lou Bega or, uh, I don't know, Creed or... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, who's, who else was famous? A woman, a little Mariah Carey, maybe. Yeah. If you heard all those, then they would throw in, like, Jennifer Page or somebody, and then that's what they include in the movie. I was like, oh, wow, that actually kind of gave it a more authentic late 90s flair than if you had used a very popular track from that time. So I thought that was interesting. What is that smirk, yeah, I, that devilish smirk of you? I'm reading the the uh, soundtrack or the songs. Uh, you got a cardigan song 
uh, Richard and Linda Thompson song. You had that Bonnie oh, Tyler. Is this Pokemon or is this Resident no, Evil? No, the Resident Evil. <laughs> that Crush song that I didn't even know that, uh, what is it, Jennifer Page? I just know the Crush song. Uh, and then you what have a journey. I mean, we'll save it for when we talk with right. Kyle about Resident Evil. But what yeah, an yeah. interesting choice that was made with that Crush song and just what they were shooting in that scene where it's just like, yeah, we're going to blast this song and we're going to have just a zombie on fire walking to the police. <laughs> I was like, I saw that. I started laughing out loud in the theater. I was like, what the fuck is this movie? Um, uh, I, I mean, we should save it for the episode, but I don't like that people have a bad memory when it comes to those movies because a lot, I've seen a lot of uh, online commentary about how this is uh, the worst Resident Evil movie ever. And it's like, have you guys insane. watched the Resident Evil movies? Because the first one is good. And then after that, it all just falls apart into like, this is my wife and she's hot. And No. Like, Chris, are you into the Resident Evil movie or games nah. at all? Uh, like, I played a little bit of the games. Um, I've probably seen the first movie. I want to see the newer movie. That one actually looks pretty good. It looks different. So well, I want to check that out. What, I mean, obviously the movies. You saw the first one, and you got a vibe that, like, this ain't really re- – I mean, it's. I guess yeah, it's zombies. It's not even like the video really... games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then they Remember just the go – The Lycophins, werewolves at one point. I think I yeah. That. They just get completely out of whack, and it becomes Mila Jovovich's pet project as mm-hmm. shepherded by the director, who is her husband. Yeah. yeah. And um, they criticize the, – I criticize these movies because they're horrible. They're some of the worst movies ever released in the genre – and then this one comes out, and people's criticism is, well, you know, it's where where is the action like in those movies? Why isn't it more like that movie? Yeah. Oh, you mean the seven terrible fucking movies everybody just blasted over and over? Why wasn't it like that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because Resident Evil is nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because that was horrible. So it's a lot of that. It's a lot of, like, faux nostalgia for something that's not good uh, yeah. from a recent era. And... um Anyway, this 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 one it it look yeah, it's, it is it's what it, you would yeah. expect it to be, but it's a, a cut above. I would I would say. Anyway, um, also I've been looking at Twisted Metal. No one's made a Twisted Metal movie like that's funny. That would that would be. There's no storyline. What's the storyline? Oh, I, I don't know. There's no storyline. The Battleship. People. They made a Battleship movie. Yeah, fair enough. Rihanna. Yeah, just gotta get Rihanna on that Twisted Metal <laughs> movie. <laughs> All right. All right. I think that's the end of this show. We're at the two hour mark now. Uh, Chris, you came on, I think, at the six minute mark. So we got like a we got a good two hour episode out of this or maybe two episodes out of this. All right. Um, Thank you for coming on and doing the the program and uh, sticking with us for all the different loops of conversation that we got into tonight. Uh, This is a Clifford Holes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Welcome back for us recording. So. uh, 2022 what an exciting time and exciting news mm-hmm. today that i can't talk about on the show yet that Whoa. i'm really oh. excited to share all oh, right sunday yeah, maybe. Okay. i think sunday is going to be a good day for that um we'll see what happens chris i'll probably fill you in right after we, we cool. hit stop on this but i'm excited about it anyway that's been movies for this week thank you for coming on the show and being our first guest of 2022 and uh we'll see you guys for the next episode thank you for listening